everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Patricia. And my name is Aaron. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. We're going to be previewing Wonka that uh, debuts this week. We're going to be previewing Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget that previews this week. The Looney Tunes mistakenly put on Max's list of uh, exiting platform. Uh, streamer says that now he'll continue streaming after fan outrage. Are video games the new comic book movies for Hollywood? Uh, Home Alone star Macaulay Culkin has been honored in the Walk of Fame ceremony. Leo scores the biggest debut ever for a Netflix animated film. Nintendo unveils Donkey Kong Country Theme Park World. We're going to be talking about the animated characters that were featured in the top 100 of Rankers' most hated slash annoying characters. Jack Black and his Tenacious D band have confirmed that they're going to be doing the song number for Kung Fu Panda 4. School of Rock is going to be turning 20 years old. And finally, while Luigi Creator reveals that there was a bad peach designed, behold, why peach? You are listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 5th of December of 2023. So uh, I just want to say that I've got uh, my beautiful sweetheart here in the UK for the next two weeks. Yep. So uh, that's going to be fun. So uh, I won't be imagining there's going to be any, uh, te- hopefully any like connection difficulties, you know, uh, unless, you know, uh, somehow like uh, I just end up stop talking for no reason. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, we're, I'm looking forward to having my wonderful sweetheart for Christmas. So like, uh, you know, so people say like, you know, oh, we're not going to like Christmas Day and New Year, but you know, like technically speaking, Christmas actually, be- I actually learned about this recently. Christmas begins on the fourth Sunday uh, before Christmas Day, apparently. So really? That apparently from what I've learned, yeah, apparently that's when Christmas like officially starts. Well, that's so. that's really great to hear, especially since a lot of people think that, well, it starts in this date, the 25th of December. Well, um, I guess te- in a technical way, it starts on a certain month, on a certain certain amount of days. So, in a way, I am celebrating Christmas with you. Yeah, and uh, I mean, either that, like, uh, maybe um, we should probably go like on the commercial uh, way of, like, of uh, when Christmas actually starts, which is in June. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, because it's like, yeah, there is no way that Jesus was born on December, considering of how cold it must have been with um, him being bur- born on the manger in Bethlehem. And as we all know, Jesus was so fond of the commercialization of religious belief. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, he was all about the Christmas specials and all the Christmas songs that are played ad nauseum. So absolutely, he was definitely all into that. I mean, it even says in the Bible, thou shalt celebrate Christmas on Halloween. Yeah, we're joking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but, we uh, are. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, like, uh, I think with uh, Christmas, I think, uh, you know, whether it begins too early or whether it begins too late, I mean, like, uh, the celebration of Christmas with family and everything like that is very important. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, it's the fact that I have my fiance right with me right now. I say Christmas feels extra special to me. It does for me too, especially since the two times that I have been to the UK, it was during summer. So this is my very first time coming into the UK at around winter. Yeah. Anyway, our top story. Shall we talk about everyone's early Christmas gift, which seems to be the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer? Yeah, so as you guys know, the last time that we had a Grand Theft Auto game was over 10 years ago when Grand Theft Auto 5 premiered. And as you guys know, it broke so many Guinness World Records. It was like the fastest selling million game uh, within 24 hours. It made a lot of money within the first three days. It, it has broken at least over eight Guinness World Records. And you 
can see why because it was the most ambitious Grand Theft Auto game to date. You got to play as three players, each having the, their own distinct storylines. The open world that you get to travel around in Los Santos was the hugest that it had ever been. And not to mention that it was a lot of customization. There's a lot of side quests that you can be able to follow in through. So, yeah, you would expect to hear a Grand Theft Auto 6 in the future. But, you know, Rockstar went through a bit of a shaky ground over the past few years, ever since they've, um, like, I would say a few years after they released Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, there was just a lot of things that were going on with the leaving of the original founder of Rockstar. And now they had new management. And then, of course, there was the dumpster fire that was the Grand Theft Auto, um, what was it, like, Restoration Collection or something like that, where they restored the first three Grand Theft Auto games, and it was just an absolute disaster. I mean, we're talking about levels of Silent Hill HD collection bad. So, yeah, the the news of a Grand Theft Auto 6 was pretty exciting for a lot of people. I just think that's... Uh, I mean, the thing like Grand Theft Auto... I mean, also, there's also the, remember the L.A. Noir scandals as well, if you remember, like, yep. you know, how poorly treated some people were, you know, during some Rockstar games as well. So I think uh, it's uh, it's amazing, really, that they try didn't try to, like, uh, you know, try and excite people again by saying, oh, hey, look at Grand Theft Auto, you know, uh, we're going to bring up the new game. But uh, the fact that, uh, you know, GTA V has stood the test of time, I think is just, you know, a, a statement of uh, how great GTA V actually was. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, actually is. I mean, like, you know, it's still, it's still around. And uh, the fact that the modding community became so involved in all of it as well. The fact that it became memes, you know, for a long time, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I, I don't think, you know, you know, there's a lot of pressure now on GTA 6 to deliver because, you know, you and I, getting into the trailer, you and I saw it. Yes, we and, did. And I mean, like, a, you know, a, a trailer sometimes can be a bit misleading. Like, you know, is this what we saw in the trailer? By the way, the graphics look gorgeous. They you know, do. In all I of mean, this. we were watching this in 4K and the colors were popping, especially since this takes place in Vice City. And it has been almost 20 years since Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which was, you know, taking its inspirations from Scarface and various other gangster films from the 1980s. So, yeah, it it was basically that. It was just basically Scarface if it took place in Miami, Florida in the 1980s. And now we get to finally see Vice City in our time of 2023 there's a lot of tiktok videos there's a lot of uh, people acting like really stupid and crazy with a whole bunch of alligators running around and then we have the biggest shock of them all a female protagonist which yeah. was never happened before in the grand theft Auto i'm pretty series. sure this uh, this version of vice city is what everyone thinks of florida i think <laughs> yeah, isn't it like, you know, this is what people think of Florida. Like, you know, this is a caricature of Florida. It is pretty much a caricature of Florida. As somebody who lived in Florida for 20 years, I, I can assure you that Miami is not like this. I mean, it's like if it's somebody... Not. I, I mean, I, I only say that because, I mean, obviously we've seen the memes. We've seen the Florida Man memes. We've yep. seen, like, you know, all the crazy no- noise that comes out of Florida. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's kind of hard not to look at this and think, yeah, this is like, they've taken all these stories and they basically put them all you know i guarantee you i bet you could probably look at a florida man story and i guarantee you it's probably in that gta trailer probably it's like you know a uh, florida man goes into wrestling an alligator a uh, florida man goes and uh, you know yells at a bunch of people for obscene reasons you know, florida woman caught twerking on a uh, on top of a car like it's just it's uh, yeah i guarantee you, all of these are basically stories out of florida and they decided like okay let's take all of this let's stick it into gta 6 trailer because this is what's going to get the most eyeballs. Yeah. Everyone loves chaos. Yeah, pretty much. And I guess since, you know, we've already been
been through Liberty City. We've already been through Los Santos. I guess Vice City was a place that was long overdue for a revisit. Since, like I said before, uh, the Vice City video game installment was back in the 80s. So this will be really interesting to see how much changes Vice City has gone through over the last 30 years in the chronological time period. Yeah, I just think that uh, um, with this game, I mean, like the mechanics of GTA 5, I think, uh, were top-notch effectively. Yes. You know, whether it was like the car chases, whether it was like, you know, the missions, whether it was interacting with other people. It's interesting to see how, you know, interacting with everyone else, you know, the, the NPCs in GTA 6 is going to be an improvement over GTA 5 right. and uh, whether there's going to be more uh, variations like uh, you know emissions and that I've got to be everybody I've got to be honest with everybody my uh, my last visit with GTA uh, Grand Theft Auto was basically GTA 3 and uh, I've got to be honest I didn't really like the uh, maybe it should be fair I played it on the PlayStation didn't really enjoy it all that much I don't know but uh, I didn't really like the 3D jump from like you know the 2D to the 3D of Grand Theft Auto yeah you're actually one of the very few people that I personally know who have actually played the original 2D version of Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2. I actually like the original 2D, you know, Grand Theft Auto. Like, you know, I would like to see if, like, you know, they have decided to, like, you know, re-release, you know, do, like, a, you know, a, a top-down 2D version of the game or anything like that. Like, you know, kind of like what they do with Metroid Dread. You know, yeah, like, I, the yeah. last time that I saw somebody do that was with the handhelds on, like, the GBA and the DS. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, obviously, of course you're going to do that. Like, it's GB and it's, uh, you know, Nintendo DS, but, you know, anyway. Uh, so, but, I mean, to be, to be fair, though, uh, to give, to put my biases aside towards, uh, you, know, uh, you know, retro games, you know, when, like, you know, the modern games, you know, this game does look very good. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we've only just seen, like, you know, some, like, you know, trailers of just, like, you know, what we've got the cousins eventually will be. Yeah, so the main character is named Lucia and she had just got out of prison and so she meets up with another character which we can assume is her boyfriend or her partner or something and they're going around and breaking into corner stores and stealing stuff so yeah, that's a story you love to tell your parole officer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's all we know for now. But for the most part, it's just a lot of cutscenes of what Vice City is. It's just really emphasizing the the you know the skeptical um, of what is going to be expected for the gameplay. And the, the final bit was that it was going to be released in 2025. Yeah. So um, I mean that's great because that's that's another good game that we're going to be expecting in 2025. You know, uh, along with other stuff. I mean, like uh, there's uh, going to be you know. Uh, a lot of excitement, I think, you know, in, in the next uh, next couple of years, I think, for this. And uh, I guarantee you, like, uh, you know, I mean, people are already saying, like, you know, Grand Theft Auto 6 game of the year. Let's just stop for a second because we it may look good now but we have no idea what it's going to be like a release yeah in fact, we don't even know if it's there might even be changes you know during that time like you know development's a really difficult complicated thing you know when it, when it comes to, definitely when it comes to graphic thoughts because this is going to be so anticipated absolutely you know and uh, i just think that's you know the um I, I think when you release stuff like this like it's going to be like you know can you, can you imagine what you know i still hold out for half-life 3 I really do. Like, you know, it's like, some people think I'm crazy and you're just thinking I'm rocking back and forth and you're with, you're with you're drool coming out of my mouth and you're Half-Life 3, Half-Life 3. But no, like, um, you know, I do believe one day Valve will pull that trigger and we will get Half-Life 3 and uh, there's going to be so much high anticipation on this. But I think, that, dare I say, I think the anticipation for GTA 6, I think it's going to be higher than Half-Life 3. We know what to expect, expect from, like, you know, a third Half-Life installment. GTA 6, this is going to have people speculating for you for, you know, for the next two years. Yeah, and th the reason why is because... Because every Grand Theft Auto installment is always focusing on a new character and 
and one of the multiple locations, whether it be with Los Santos, whether it be with Liberty City, Vice City, um, or whether it be with San Andreas. So yeah, they always change around the locations, but they always focus on a new character. And this will be interesting because Grand Theft Auto V focused on three characters. Now we're going back to one, just like the other games. So uh, I guess it, it really matters on if the introduction of a female protagonist is really going to interest people into seeing, oh, we're just going to be focusing on one character again, or can a female protagonist work in the Grand Theft Auto series, since this will be the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, we have a trailer, yep. and uh, no doubt, I mean, it's going to walk with it, because, like, you know, this would be something that would basically headline E3, but as we know, there was no E3 this year. Nope. And apparently, well, you know, there's going to be a retooling of E3, and maybe we're going to get E3 in 2024. I don't know, but I guarantee you this, like, if E3 gets back on its rails, you know, uh, this needs to be the headline, mm -hmm. if anything. Like, you know, I'm, I bet you Repop are going to be begging Rockstar Games, look, can you please have some Something ready for, for our E3 because we desperately need it right now. Absolutely. Yeah, like uh, this is going to be a game. I think that's going to have uh, like a, a lot of the industry saying, you know, well, if you're going to conventions or if you're going to be like, you know, doing. Uh, I mean, even Nintendo directed me saying, you know, like, uh, actually, we don't even. It's going to be released on the Switch. Like, uh, that, that's that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo would be very happy to like, say, oh yeah, can we have like, you know, uh, a Nintendo Direct? You know, like, hey, let's talk about GTA Six. Yeah. Like, if they do do that, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, like, given the fact that you know, because Mortal Kombat One did not translate very well to Nintendo Switch, as we all know. Mm. And uh, so whether there's going to be some concerns from Rockstar in regards to the hardware of Nintendo Switch, or who knows, maybe we might get the Switch 2, and one of the things they might say, oh, hey, on the Switch 2, GTA 6. There you go. Like, you know, that'll be a sell. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but in the meanwhile, we'll just have to wait for the next two years on how this game is going to rank compared to the others. Sure. All right, so going over to our next news. So Wonka, as of the making of this, is coming out this Friday in the UK, but it will not come out for you Americans until the 15th. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, lucky us. <laughs> <laughs> but at least, at least we're going to tell you if it sucks or not. Actually, you know, we might even do it for a spoiler section, effectively. Oh, actually, think we, no, we're going to be doing roll directions. Yeah, we're going to be doing the roll. Yeah. yeah, usually on Aaron and Patricia, we give you our afterthoughts of whatever movie that we're watching, and then we'll go into deep spoilers over at the Roll Doll retrospect. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, Wonka, is this is the... The origin story of Wonka, as we all have been basically been saying for the last, you know, couple of you know, couple of months that we've been talking about this, but you know, it's kind of weird that now we're only a couple of days away from the official release of Wonka, and so um, we're going to be seeing it in the cinema, and uh, it still feels a bit, you know. I, I'm, it kind of feels unreal, but then it kind of feels real at the same time because it's like, yeah, I mean, eventually when you know creators pass away, you know, obviously like uh, you know the, uh, the the estate wants to make money from you know obviously doing you know these types of projects. But uh, I mean, I don't know how to feel the fact that this is is how close to you think Roald Dahl would think of this origin story compared to you know what we kind of like see in our eyes or what we think the origin story. Well, is I mean, be. as we've seen from the multiple trailers, they're definitely taking their cues from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It does feel like that, doesn't it? I mean, and, we uh, have a Oompa Loompa who looks like the Oompa Loompa from the 1971 version as opposed to the book iteration or the 2005 version. And keep this in mind, like, you know, this is the version of of, uh, of Roald Dahl's story which he hated and he didn't want to do another movie ever again. Yeah, and this is the version that um, is actually looked down upon compared to the 2005 version where they actually have the suit of Willy Wonka displayed at the museum. 
So there's that too. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it in a way, but I mean, here's the thing about this though. I mean, putting that all aside, and let's just focus on the movie on its merits. Sure. And, uh, I mean, it does look pretty well put together, doesn't it? I you know, do from agree. The trailers. I mean, yep. like, by the way, we've had multiple trailers to go to go forth, and uh, I'm actually intrigued of like, you know, going along with this Oompa Loompa that Willy Wonka meets up with. And yeah, and, and I know, and I know that there's a lot, on. and I know that there are a lot of controversies when this Oompa Loompa was first introduced. It's like. Okay, Hugh Grant is an Oompa Loompa. Why couldn't they put in a little person to play as an Oompa Loompa? I, I know that we're well, that's be- the discussion we had with the, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, if you remember yep. as well. Like you know the fact that they're not going to be using like you know little people for you know the dwarves. Basically, it's going to be CGI people yep. like you know in that. To be fair though, I mean look at the Lord of the Rings. I mean they didn't use small people for hobbits, did they? So like uh, I mean uh, and they did like various you know uh, cinematic effects in order to you know give the idea that you know these were guys small, are smaller yeah. than everybody else. Right. So I mean you know there was the possibility of potentially doing that with Hugh Grant, but I mean obviously he would look very awkward looking. You know, look, given the fact that you know he looks quite—he's you no know, Hugh Grant is quite tall. In stature. He is—he is very tall, yeah. Yeah, but to be honest with you, like I don't. This is sort of a. To be fair, though, like you know, looking back at Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and looking at Hugh Grant as an umpa To be honest with you, it doesn't—he—he he does fit the part. That's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, I do look at Hugh Grant in this role and say, yeah, this is like what he would basically be looking like if he was a, you know, an Oompa Loompa back in the day. Sure. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, and also not to mention that there'll be a lot of introductions to the book that we never got a lot of detail of in both incarnations. Like but a lot of this, I probably would imagine is very crazy licensing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we do get an introduction of Prodnose and the uh, introduction of Slugworth, the real Slugworth, not the movie version where it turned out to be Willy Wonka's um, employee but yeah we're actually going to see more in depth of the competition that these candy companies have when Wonka comes along and I'm interested to see how they get portrayed because like are they basically just going to be like you know faceless corporations like you know have no soul and basically say oh just chocolate's chocolate you know and uh, then Willy Wonka comes in and says no this is art you know like uh, this is something that you should take very very seriously I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to do that yeah I think you know I, I think we're going to see you know, a youthful Willy Wonka I can actually get into. I, no. I can too, especially since when we think of Willy Wonka, we think of the happy, optimistic Willy Wonka. And yeah. we haven't had a good Willy Wonka portrayal in a long time. I mean, we were mixed with Johnny Depp. And- to be fair, I mean, Johnny Depp, I think, um, you know, he basically was just Michael Jackson in that movie. I mean, as much as he denies he was Michael Jackson in this movie, you can't get away from it, can you? Right. You know, like, it's just, it's, uh, so, I mean, that Willy Wonka disappointed me in, re- yeah. in regards to that. The, the rest of the Charlie, the Charlie, the first of the oh, Charlie is good yes. you know, in that. And uh, I like the idea that it didn't just, like, take one song cue and just ran with it. It took multiple, you know, music genres and put them all together. Right. I like the creativity in and all of that. The kids are fine. I think the kids portray their sides of things pretty well. And the uh, cinematography was really good. Yeah, yeah, and there was that too. I think all that was like, I actually like Christopher Lee in this movie, even though, like, you know, it's a kind of weird to have, like, Christopher Lee as a dentist. Again, like, I, I know what you're thinking, you know, he, Christopher Lee was Dracula, but no, I, I He take, was Count Dooku in, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. So, again, d- like we mentioned when we were talking about Corpse Bride, 
I think that they didn't want to just typecast. I guess, yeah, and so I mean, there was that. But uh, so I mean, I'm really hoping that there's a Willy Wonka finally. And like, I mean, obviously Gene Wilder. I mean, obviously you know splits you know Roald Dahl fans down the middle of like you know whether he's an acceptable Willy Wonka or whether like you know this is not what Roald Dahl anticipated for Willy Wonka. Yeah, remember he wanted Spike Mulligan to be Willy Wonka. Exactly. Yeah, and so we're interested to see what that would have been like if Spike Mulligan makes it was Willy Wonka. Yeah, and uh, you know there was someone else. You know, uh, I mean, dare I say like you know at one point I was joking about Vincent Price being. Willy Wonka at one oh, point. Oh, that would have been really interesting. Yeah, given that we saw him how he was in Edward Scissorhands, you know. In, Absolutely, uh, yeah. Inventor, yeah. And, and I think there were other talks of like a lot of the Monty Python actors being Willy Wonka. I think there was like Eric Idle or John Cleese. That I don't know if you know, John Cleese, I mean, my idea of John Cleese is obviously Basil Fawlty from Fawlty Towers. That would have been yeah. around the same time too. Yeah, exactly. But whether I've seen him as Willy Wonka, I don't know. Like, I, I think he'd be too, nah. I think, I, I, too cynical. I think so, yeah. Like, you know, and Eric does, Idle, mm, I think a little bit too sarcastic. Eric Eichel, I think, would have been fun. I think you're gonna go, so. you know, if you did a mean spirited Willy Wonka, but I think it, I don't think that was the direction that Roald Dahl was exactly. Going for. Yeah, like you know, it's like it's not the fact. I mean, here's like, Willy Wonka. I mean, obviously, is a troubled character, but at the same time, like you know, he's not lost his sense of whimsy or his sense of fun in that regard or anything right. like that. Like you know, you can see you know, the, that's the reason why I think a lot of people do praise the Gene Wilder version because you get to see both sides of him. You get to see the side that is very isolated and very secluded, and like you know, he basically has. Willy, you know, Umpa Lumpers basically for, you know, company and yeah. also like doing all of this stuff. And then you get to see like, you know, how, you know, what, what, you know, how inspirational he is and how, you know, uh, how much wonder he's full of and everything like that. But then he obviously, he's like so mistrusting. And so, you know, he, Gene Wilder can play that complexity of it all. However, I mean, it's still, you know, pretty, you know, Marmite in regards to like uh, how he kind of goes. Please do with, not remind me of Marmite. Oh no. Well, I mean, okay. Um, it's very, you know, either you like it or you don't like it. Sure. Like okay. It. Okay. We'll go. We'll go there. Right, now. Then. Now, whether Timothy Chalamet can be able to capture the spirit of Willy Wonka has yet to be seen. Well, I think he's not got too much trouble in regards to playing a mature Willy Wonka because that's the that's the character that we're introduced to in the book, in the movies, and so his perception of Willy Wonka is like he's fresh and new on the scene. Yes. Like you know, he's not got these worries about Slugworth stealing his stuff or anything like that. Like you know, he's coming in in that regard, and his character evolves as goes throughout the movie now how far it does evolve to the point i mean are we going to see willy wonka evolve from like you know you know being you know this youthful character over to you know where we set our scene over willy wonka in the chocolate Factory, where you know the gene wilder movie i mean i don't know how far it's going to go yeah, that, but that's a the, question that we do not yeah. know how far does this movie go into is it going to do the typical route of like the origin story and then maybe the movie ends with him opening the chocolate factory or if it's going to give the origin story and maybe we'll get some scenes where it homages Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We do not know that. I mean, I get this kind of feeling of like, uh, you know, Matilda the Musical. Yes. It kind of gives you off that vibes a little bit, really. Like, you know, are we going to get like those big musical numbers? I, I think, think we are. There is going to be some songs introduced in Wonka and uh, I think that there also is going to be a sense of whimsy that we got to see in the Paddington films because the same director behind those films is working on yeah. this. But they look far bigger than the ones that we have uh, back in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, like, you know, the Candyman song obviously takes place with, like, you know, just a bunch of kids in a candy store. I, I mean, remember, I, like, they, what they, they the, were... What was the biggest musical number in the Willy Wonka coach? Besides, you know, World of Pure Imagination. 
Um, I think it was just that because a lot of them were all taken in place in one room. I mean, Candyman took place in the candy shop, and then we had Cheer Up Charlie, which was him walking outside. And that was a solo piece, basically. Yeah, that was a solo piece. And then we had I Got a Golden Ticket, which took place in the house. Mm -hmm. Then Pure Imagination was in the chocolate factory. I Wanted Now, which took place in the goose room. Yeah. And then we had the Oompa Loompa song, which took place in the chocolate room. Yeah, but there was those are like big, you know, like like the Lego movie. There's the big massive like you know yeah the they, they you couldn't know, dare I say the Lorax at the very beginning of the movie well, they, like, they that could... was copying the Lego movie yeah they, they they couldn't do that considering that they were working with a small budget yeah exactly so like uh, I mean it looks to me like Wonka I think is going to try and be a little bit you know well, definitely a lot bigger than the original movie I mean from well, at least from what I can see from the trailers anyway and from what because it was like there's a lot of, like there's this one scene where those like, takes place in the town square with his like his Wonka shop and like, there's a lot of people there going to yeah. take place in a song number yeah but, yeah. So. It, it has some of a, a similar skill to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, in which it got to take advantage of its setting. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, um, it'd be interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot about like, the Gene Wilder version of the movie. I mean, will there be any hints and references to, like, the the the, uh, the, the Johnny Depp version? Like, uh, I have no idea, but it, it definitely is looking like it's leaning more towards Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Also, all, all the Easter eggs also for all the Roald Dahl serve things potentially yep and that as well but right now as for charlie and the chocolate factory i don't see any homages yet but when if i I recall like you know there was uh, references to uh you know in at least in james and the giant piece that was referred to wonka yes there was and and there was in the book if you remember that when uh mr centipede cut off the peach and it was rolling down eventually when it hit over to the ocean it crashed into wonka's chocolate factory you know he's one of his shops anyway yes yeah yeah. no it's the actual factory not not the actual factory just one of his Shops, yeah, know. exactly. So, I mean, like, if you can see if there's like any references to that, like, you know, well, like, or maybe that's like, you know, be, you know we, but not be very subtle, but I like, say there's like a big giant walking around like, during the night or something like that. <laughs> that'd be hilarious if I see if you see that. Oh, yeah, that'd be hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah. I would love it if we get to see like little homages like that, whether we get like homages to Matilda or James of the Giant Peach or Danny the Champion of the World. That'd be great. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, uh, also there's, um, whether there be like any, like, one thing I want to here in the in the script is that you know do you hear like any like those like callbacks to like you know some like the whimsical you know uh, or like some like more more haunted you know uh, words that you know World Doll uses in his in his books oh, that'd, or be, his, that'd like, be really clever yeah, if they did the horn swoggles and like you know, everything yes. else yeah like uh, you know everything like that so I'm interested to see you know how much of that World Doll magic gets you know sprinkled in there from time to time like you know just like if like a bit of a nod to like you know the, the fans of the books absolutely so well yeah. So, um, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, like, it gives us a lot of anticipation. For, oh, for yeah. This. I'm really looking forward to this Friday. And by the way, we have our Roll Doll t-shirts that we'll be wearing for that day. Oh, how, what else will we be wearing that day? <laughs> what else will we be wearing that day? Well, maybe there might be something else we potentially be wearing, but we couldn't find any. But, so, you know, where Chicken Run Done the Nugget is going to be our next movie that we're going to yeah, be Yeah, we at. couldn't find any t- Chicken Run shirts. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot well, of... Well, at least wa- not yet. Yeah, there's a lot of Wallets and Gromit shirts, but not a lot of Chicken Run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a lot of Chicken Run merch back in the time. There you know, was like, back yeah. then, yes, but I'm hoping that maybe now we'll get to see some. Well, new we'll stuff. see, but we'll see how far popular it gets. Like you know, I'm sure licensing will be another thing when it finally comes out. But anyway, Chicken Run Under the Nugget that's going to be coming out soon. We actually decided to give a once over of Chicken. By the way, we have done a Dream Machine episode of Chicken Run, so we it's did. like it's not like we're not we're not strangers to Chicken Run. But we thought we'd give it like a once over this week just to see you know uh, what basically Dawn of the Nugget is up against effectively. And so uh, because um, you know I, I remember Chicken Run very well and like. You know the anticipation they had, and also it was like the highest-grossing 
stop motion animated film at the time. It still is. It still, it still is. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's um, it's it's got a lot to run for. I mean, on top of that as well, like uh, the one that's a bit unfair, I think, towards Dawn of the Nuggets, that basically it's not going to be in theaters. It's going to basically be on Netflix. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they did put it out in the theater, how, how, how well it would do. That would be really great if they did. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, Netflix being Netflix, it's Netflix. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, so so we saw the previews of the movie. So we're it's going to be focusing on Ginger and Rocky's daughter named Molly, and she wants to be able to know what is life outside of the bird sanctuary. And then she wanders off. She gets captured. She takes she's being taken over by this farm that is all um, just smiling chickens and just completely delirious. It's all zombie, basically. They look like zombies. Yeah, like, zombie yeah, chickens. Yeah, it look it, it look it's quite funny. Like you you look at it and it's like this is way too nice to be like you know a civil place yeah. and then you get to realize basically so it's a place where chicken nuggets eventually gets made yeah and it's run by mrs tweedy of course it is you know when when they first announced that trailer mrs tweedy was trending on twitter for a long time i remember like, everybody was like mrs tweedy you know, I, 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 you know it was in big capital letters mrs tweedy no yes. one was expecting that no nobody back. was expecting that nobody expected mrs tweedy to even be coming back in this movie after what she went through in the first film yeah i mean the only disappointing thing is that basically, you know, uh, Mel Gibson is going to be reprising his role as Rocky, and uh, also we're not going to be getting, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to be getting a lot of actors yeah. for this. I mean, we talked about this years ago on Aaron and Patricia, but the original voice actor for Ginger was replaced because they thought her voice was too old sounding you know i i get the feeling you know now that that's been pointed out and basically we've still like you know, people still complain about that i get the feeling we're not going to ignore it like it's going to be there front and center as much as we like to believe that you know this is ginger unfortunately like you know it's like you know girl you you sound a lot you know different from the last time that you know we lost we made, well i mean a lot of people ago. are being replaced like um obviously mel gibson is not doing rocky for obvious reasons and then there's also um uh, Nick and Fetcher, uh, they're being replaced as well. And yeah, I would say, uh, and of course, you know, Fowler's voice actor has been replaced because the original actor passed away like over, almost a decade ago. So yeah, I'll, I'll, several of them have been replaced. Uh, but then there's still some people who are uh, from the original who are going to be coming back, like the of uh, the voice actor for Babs, Bunty, Mac, Mrs. Tweedy. So we are going to get some familiar people. And is it interesting to see what happens to Mr. Tweedy? Like, you know, yeah. where's he in all of this? I know. He, he's not in the trailer, so as far as I know, maybe, you know, maybe she do you divorced think they're him? Probably, do you think they're probably keeping him quiet for maybe he's probably going to make a surprise appearance? Oh, that would be a nice twist. Yeah, like, you know, like, uh, hey, you divorced me, I'm going to get my own back now. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know, like... Uh, uh, yeah, it's so like, uh, you know, you destroyed my egg farm, left me alone to just be um poor and now you're having this huge farm with all these chickens i'm gonna take these chickens and i'm gonna see if i can get my egg farm back uh, i don't know like uh, i mean we're only speculating at this point but uh, yeah so i mean interesting to see if he does make a reappearance in in this movie but, yeah uh, and, and the whole gimmick of this movie is that in the first movie they were trying to escape out of the farm in this movie they're trying to break in to the farm to save molly mm -hmm. so um yeah i mean like the whole setup i think is brilliant like you know if 
right, we're going to do the, the reverse of this. The only thing I would say about it is that, unfortunately, you know, we've talked about, like, you know, some of the voice actors passing away, not coming back for this one. It makes you wonder, I mean, like, uh, have they have they waited too long to basically put, put the, you know, I, I mean, we already, together? We, like, we've, how, we've talked uh, about this for the longest time that Ardman kind of went up and down over the years. Like, first, there was the fire over at the warehouse. Oh, yeah, there was. And then they tried to go for CGI with uh, some of their films, like, Flushed Away. And then they were trying to experiment with various other films like uh, The Pirates, Adventures of Scientists, and then there was uh, various other films that they tried to release that didn't exactly do very well. I would still argue to this day that... Um, what was it? Uh, that uh, the, the Caveman movie where oh, Early Man. Early Man. I still argue that Early Man is their weakest film that they've ever done. I have to agree. The fact that you know at one point, I think you and I actually tried to sit down and watch it. We I did. Think. We yeah. did try to watch it because the trailer is like Brave is one of the most misleading trailers I've ever seen. It's basically Space Jam, uh, effectively. But you know, at least with Space Jam, you knew it was a basketball game involved, but you have no idea that there was a soccer game. No, involved because in it was focusing a lot. I mean, it's all on- right for me because. Because I'm a fan of football, so that's not a problem for me. But uh, I mean, for everybody else who isn't, like you know, you can definitely tell this was for a British audience. Sure, effectively. sure, but it, it, it didn't make it very clear that it was focusing on that. It just made it like, oh, you know, you have these uh, these cave people, and then it's the Middle Ages, and we didn't really get too much of the whole soccer. Um, plot going in but anyway that's beside the point so yeah um, and I know that um, Wallace and Gromit had their major anniversary day uh, celebration as we saw from last year when a grand day out celebrated his 30th anniversary you and I saw the statue over in Preston yep we did we went to Preston and we saw the statues of Wallace and Gromit and I actually got a picture of uh, myself sitting there so yeah it's uh, Wallace and Gromit is huge in the UK and the thing that I hear people talking about when it comes to Ardman is Sean the Sheep. Oh yeah, well Sean the Sheep's been a huge success. Yeah. I think in regards to it. By the way, like you know, uh, he's actually got funny enough, uh, Sean the Sheep is one of the very few preschool characters that has a movie that is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. You're kidding me. Uh, you know, no, I'm, well, it might be gone down by now because probably more people have seen it but at the time when it got released, yeah seriously, it was certified fresh. Okay, so yeah. The point is, is that it, it, I, I take it that because that Armin was working on a lot of stuff and some of the stuff was pretty mixed, I guess they were trying their longest time to do a, a chicken run follow-up, but yeah, they just... By the way, and the people who say that, you know, oh, there's not that many people preschool movies, how can it, like, you know, you know that that's the best one? Let me say, let me give you uh, four words. Postman Pat the movie. Never seen it. It's awful. Okay, then. Uh, Jamboriki will tell you all about it. Okay, and, and let's not forget about Oogie Loves. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that one as well. Yeah, so... We we yeah. There's been a lot of bad preschool movies. So moving on. So oh, yeah, remember, there's Elmo and Grouchland as well. Oh no, yeah, Elmo and Grouchland. Yes. Oh, that was a, that was a stinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no, I'm not just saying that because obviously everyone there is a grouch. I'm saying that you know that that movie is actually terrible. It is pretty bad. And, I'm a, and we were fans of Sesame Street. Yes, yes. Follow That Bird is still the best Sesame Street movie in the world. And that's not all that great either, when you really think about it, Follow That Bird. I mean, like, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think the Sesame Street movies, I think, the problem is, is that there already are Muppet movies out there, which I think, you know, are very good in themselves. Unfortunately, they kind of, you know, the, the Sesame Street movies, I think, fail in comparison to the Muppet movies. For obvious reasons, you know, obviously, they're they're, 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 they're you know, for the, the preschool demographic. Sure. But, I mean, 
it's just, it'd be interesting to have a Sesame Street movie that's allowed to kind of escape its boundaries, you know? That's the one of the reason I, I always, and I get, I always say this on Aaron and Patricia and any other podcast that anyone, you know, will tolerate me on, but, uh, I mean, I always say, when you say something the movie, it's like, you know, this is a big event that takes place in these characters' lives right. that is going to move things in, and they may not be the same people that, you know, they come back to. You know, that's where you have justifications for a movie, you know, in that. I think when you just have a movie, it's just like, oh, let's just have the characters play around and then they'll have everything's, you know, happy dory by the time we get to the end of it. Not to say that, you know, every movie shouldn't have happy endings. I'm not saying that. But, you know, when you do a movie, like, uh, you have to create, like, a big, massive event within that movie that's going to make people think, oh, wow, they're taking these characters in a new direction and maybe they won't go back to being the same people that they were again at the very beginning of the movie. Right. That's how big movies should be. That's what, that's what creates box office, that's what creates interest, and that's what creates seats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or- and DVD sales. Yeah, and and streaming sales. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, so John Dawn of the Nugget will be premiering this Friday, the same day as Wonka. So yeah. Well, now that I say that, I mean, like, I wonder what's what, what big events going to happen with you know uh, with Rocky and uh, with Ginger, hmm. given the fact they have to rescue Molly. I mean, do they come out of the same pe- the same people as they were before? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, mind you, like, I mean, interesting. Like, I mean, they obviously are going to be a big part of the movie. Obviously, like, you know, the original cast, but I mean, now we get introduced to Molly as well. I wonder yeah. what her role of all this is going. Yeah. To be. So Molly, I've seen this kind of role before in which you know she wants to break away from the bird sanctuary because that's all she's ever known of she wants to know what the world is like out there and so it's very similar to like Nemo from Finding Nemo in which like you know Nemo has been overprotected by his dad for so long but it makes a lot of sense because of everything that his dad went through now that we explain that how interesting is that like you know Ginger was exactly like Molly because she wanted to escape the chicken farm and she wanted to see what the world was like I mean to be fair though I think Ginger had more I mean obviously you know when Chickens stopped laying eggs, they got killed. Yes. So, I mean, there was, of course, there was lots of justification to get out of that. Effectively, what was a prison camp. Yes. Effectively. So, I mean, there was that. But I think it's interesting in this regard because, I mean, as Ginger, you know, in her mind has now said to, well, I mean, they've obviously got this place now and they don't really need to go anywhere else. Right. But then within her saying that, she's like, she's saying, oh, well, you know, in a way, she's kind of like created like, you know, a chicken farm within herself. The mm. fact that she's not allowing Molly to get and go out and basically see the world. That's actually really interesting because we saw this is what Russian novel type of stuff when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we saw we saw what the bird sanctuary looked like at the end of the first movie, in which is an island. So yeah, other than this island, they can't go anywhere else. Okay, how many how many escape the island movies have we seen over the time? Which is like you know going in those types of directions. Oof. Yeah, like 20 too many. <laughs> too many. Yeah, exactly. So, you know what? The, now that we've talked this all out, I'm actually looking even more fun to a chicken run under the dog than I say of Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. We got so many movies that we're going to be watching while I'm here. Yeah, like, uh, so, um, anyway, we talked about Wonka. So, actually, by the way, I'm looking forward to both of them, regardless yeah, of me that. Me too. I mean, I, as we've you know, um, Wonka, we sort of kind of know what we're in for a little yes. bit, really. But with Donald the Nugget, now that I say this all out loud, I mean, I'm not too sure exactly sure what we're in for in regards to Chicken Run. Yeah, this makes me really excited. So, it yeah, is. both movies are coming out this Friday. We'll be talking about it and releasing the, the topics next week. Oh, believe me, there's going to be a there's going to be two big podcasts we're going to be doing on Friday. Oh, yes, indeed. Two big ones. Good grief. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about stuff that we're not looking forward to? Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, the um, debacles in Warner Brothers 
continue in regards yep. to this. So, um, Looney Tunes now, and I, this is the story now that this is evolved to. So, previously, you know, they were put on the chopping block to be basically removed from HBO Max, mm-hmm. basically, which I thought was crazy. I thought, well, you're taking your biggest characters, Bugs Bunny, you know, Daffy Duck, you know, Sylvester and Tweety and Granny and everybody else, and you're saying you're no longer going to be putting them front and center, despite the fact that they've basically been your mascots for basically decades at this point, maybe even a century. And, like, I I couldn't believe it when I first heard about this. So now apparently the story goes that the Looney Tunes were, quote-unquote, mistakenly put on this list and will no longer be exiting the platform. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mistakenly, mistakenly, quote, quote unquote. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, here's the thing about this: you, you with Warner Brothers, you, you don't know what's real and you don't know what's fake. I mean, obviously, you know, they seem to have done, they've even like evolved to the point where they can even make you d- disbelieve, you know, reality, you know, uh, or. You know, not just within their movies, but even just talking about them in general, Jeez, effectively. I, I, I don't know what to think about this, I to am be honest, so really. infuriated they're e- that they even considered on doing this. They've already removed a lot of Cartoon Network shows from their platform. Dexter's Lab is not available. Well, they closed on Cartoon Network Studios itself. Yeah, exactly. Over the Garden Wall is not available either. So a lot of these are officially considered lost media. So the fact that they were thinking about Looney Tunes, which has been established... All the way back since the 1930s. You're going to remove them from people to watch. You know what? That U.S. Congress hearing can't come soon enough, can't it? I agree. Yeah, I, that, can't that, be- I can't Warner believe... Warner Brothers needs to be investigated. Like, you know, like, I do agree with that congressman when he says, like, this is the equivalent of, like, setting your house on fire and claiming the insurance money. I agree. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about something close to that a little later on. Oh, trust me, we will. But the fact that they were fans who were so outraged that Warner Brothers decided to change their mind saying, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do it. Uh, we're we're going to keep it. Don't be mad at us. Continue to subscribe to us. Like, it just, it makes you wonder, like, if they were willing to do this with the Bugs Bunny crew, I mean, like, uh, I mean, we'd make jokes before about, you know, one of these days we'll probably have, like, you know, where Bugs Bunny, like, you know, dancing along with Mickey Mouse, like, you know, in a cartoon somewhere. That was already happening in Ruth Rain Roger Rabbit, but not, like, under the same banner. Right. Like, you know, uh, I mean, could we be seeing that next? I mean, like, you know, now we see you know um mickey and you know various other characters you know who you never thought would all be together on saying like you know for the simpsons for example like you know we're like i mean are we gonna be seeing that next like you know we're gonna mickey mouse you know welcoming bugs bunny into like you know the disney family effectively like you know he's like would warner brothers you know dare do it you know i wouldn't be surprised and i would be sure that disney would be the first ones to pick it up Exactly, like, because, uh, you know, look at look, look at the Monopoly that they have now. Like, you know, they have they have B- Mickey Mouse, they have Kermit the Frog. Now, imagine having Bugs Bunny on top of that as oh, well. Oh, man. That's a big library. That is a huge library. A huge possibility of that as well. Like, you know, I mean, like, I don't know what Disney would do with a, you know, with a, with a Bugs Bunny movie if they yeah, ever did it. Yeah, I, I hope they don't, I hope they won't screw it up like they did with the Ice Age. I guarantee you, they won't, no, I think, uh, I mean, would it be surprised if they did? Like, you know, like, out of spite, they'd be just say, okay, we're going to bring out, like, a Bugs Bunny, like, you know, Disney Plus original movie and like you know it's not going to look very good and it's going to look pale in comparison compared to you know uh, other Disney properties and all the big you know budget movies and uh, things like that I mean like, I could see them doing it out of spite oh I really man. could that'd be horrible if they did that Warner Brothers please get your nonsense together uh, they need to get rid of Zaslav in my opinion oh yeah speaking of Zaslav let's talk about another reason why he should be gone so he said that getting rid of Batgirl took courage okay 
You're saying that a movie based off of Batgirl that people have been working on for years, people were really, really excited about, and when it got canceled, people got genuinely pissed off, and you said that it took courage for them to remove it just for a tax write-off. They're so out of touch, these uh, these suits, aren't they? Like, you know, like, oh, I mean, how much how, how much courage do you think all the people who worked on the movie had to take, you know, in order to you know, swallow the fact that basically they've, you know, been written off? And uh, that, you know, their hard work is not going to be, you know, recognized in, in all of this. You know, like, you know, how much courage do you think, you know, everyone at Karate versus Adney had to, had to basically swallow in order for the fact that, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cur- yeah, exactly. Like uh, Coyote versus Acme, the Steve Urkel Christmas special, the Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah. All those projects that were canceled or the projects that eventually had to be moved over to other streaming sites because you wouldn't pick it up. That new Batman animated series and the Looney Tunes, um, you know, uh, upcoming film where they go up into the moon. Yeah, that took real courage to get rid of all of those so you can save some money and for whatever reason reason you think that it'll save the company there's some really great ideas in all of this and uh, i just think that's it says that's absolutely criminal that you know warner brothers would basically get rid of all of this if you know like uh, you've basically made false promises to people where you've basically taken on uh, projects saying that you're going to do them and then all of a sudden you said oh well you know like uh, you know when we said originally we had that money well we don't anymore so bye I'm like you know like um that's not courage that's cowardice yeah it really is it is yeah like you know, you're taking all these people for a ride yeah, so yeah. Not, just, not just the people who are creating the shows, but the fans who are looking forward to it, too. Yeah, exactly. You have all these hardworking people dedicating hours upon hours of producing a movie that millions upon millions of fans are going to be looking forward to. You not only lose faith on the workers, you lose faith on the fans, and you're going to lose faith on your investors. Because if they're going to be putting in millions of dollars for a project that they want to see happen, and you're going to say, no, we think that this will be the best thing to do to save the company yeah you're not going to get anybody's faith after this uh, no one's going to trust one of those ever again no like, way it's, just, it's like you know i mean there's a bunch of mortal kombat one still going like you know it, gonna... for now at least uh, now it's like, yeah like you know they recently just uh, announced uh, you know uh quan chi you know was uh one of the downloadable characters and soon we're going to get uh um we're going to get um uh john cena he's going to be in the, in the game as well as uh what's his face uh, oh, um, he plays that character in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's not, it's not. Um, uh, uh, I'm really sorry, everybody. Like you know, it's just it's uh, it's. Um, I've noticed you actually. So it's 11:31 in the morning actually when we're recording <laughs> this. Maybe she's jet lagged, and maybe I'm. Uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe I'm just recovering. Peace, from, like, uh, what was it like a what was it? Peace walker. Peace, peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah, peacemaker. There we go. So yeah, like uh, yeah, bringing Peacemaker into uh, the game, along with other you know characters that are going to be in there soon, and uh, so um, I just think that uh, you know whether you know does Warner Brothers you know eventually say oh well you know uh, we need more t- we need more tax write offs you know do we pull the plug on some of the Mortal Kombat stuff that's currently going on? Right oh now? man, you're gonna get the fighting community pissed off. Yeah, l- let's let's continue to uh, you know keep the the flames going. Yeah, exactly. Like you know it's just it's uh, it's it's really awful to like say okay. There's this thing with Warner Brothers that's going to be coming soon because we have no idea if it's ever going to make it. Right. Like, you know, there's no guarantee that anything that, uh, you know, Warner Brothers puts in front of us is going to be something that we can look forward to and actually, you know, uh, tell everybody about. We can't do it. No, we can't. Yeah. 
And I think this is a really this is a problem that Warner Brothers has put itself in. By the way, Warner Brothers has done this to themselves, effectively. Like, you know, they need to get rid of Zaslav. They need to, you know, put someone in charge who is gonna basically be real with everybody and say, look, okay, you know, uh, maybe we can't do this, but at least we can do this, and I we can guarantee you that these things are going to happen. I agree. You know, and this isn't just optics for, you know, investors and for the community and for people who are gonna be, you know, just just neutral fans who, you know, can get this content. It needs to be for everybody. I like, agree. You, know, you can't just have the situation where you can say, oh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen, and then you just disappoint like just virtually everybody because then no one will ever trust you ever again. Yeah, it's it's just awful practices in business. Like, what what, what were you thinking? Exactly. Anyway, um, enough whining about Warner Brothers, don't you think? Yeah, uh, I, I'm done for, the, for now, so let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, um, our video game is going to be a new comic book movie for Hollywood. Uh, one producer thinks so. And, uh, but to be honest with you, I mean, like, before we even get into the article, I think you and I have been talking this for a while. Like, we have been uh, talking yeah. about this for a while. Last week, I think we talked about that... Financial Times said that, so, you know, there's an untapped, you know, where potential in, in Nintendo properties yep, for movies. And, we, and, and there is. Yep, that's true. And then the week before, we talked about the status of all the Marvel Cinematic Movies coming out this year alone for Disney that didn't even bring up a profit with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So, yeah, I think that the MCU is really starting to fizzle out with some people. And so I think that people who are looking for something else are turning to video games. So, yeah, let's talk about the article, shall we? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they, they basically start off with, like, let's face it, the entertainment industry, intellectual possibility obsession isn't going anywhere, which you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. Like, you know, it's like, uh, I think, you know, if you have, you know, things that people like and they want to see movies of them, I mean, like, obviously, people, you know, that, they, there you go. Like, you know, there's your cell. You know, so uh, uh, just to focus on the old franchise, Fast and Furious Mission Impossible demonstrated challenges of extending their appeal beyond a certain sell-by date. I recently hosted a, a panel of Hollywood executives and producers across the film. By the way, this person that we're talking about is uh, Ryan uh, Frong uh, from uh, LA Times. Uh, one of the panelists was Roy Lee, founder of uh, Vertigo Entertainment, and a guy who is known his way through IP, having produced a Lego movie and It, but also uh, originals such as uh, last year's horror, it's uh, Barbarian. Um, he sees the success of video game for, for movies such as Five Nights at Freddy's, which go, grossed $283 million in global ticket sales, and the Super Mario Brothers movie, which did $1.36 billion, uh, as indicators of where studios may turn to, uh, to cause Gen, Gen Z viewers. Well, I mentioned, I don't think, I think that's a mistake. It's not just Gen Z viewers, I think, uh, that's going to be, you know, intrigued of all of this. Like, you know, because Mario transcends generations, effectively. M maybe they're referring to the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? Uh, maybe. Um, so, uh... Oh, by the way, change those viewers who are spending hours playing Fortnite and are on Roblox platforms. Moreover, younger audiences are also on games who interact with more traditional entertainment franchises as uh, studios employ them as marketing tools. Uh, Lee said, uh, I think video games are going to be the new comic book movies uh, of the next generation. It's like every video game company now sees what happened with Mario and Five Nights at Freddy's, and they want to get into the game and uh, actually help uh, self-finance movies too. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing about this. Like, I mean, you know, superhero movies, I think, are on the out. I think we can basically yeah, agree well, on I mean, that. Yeah, we, we literally just said this, like, just a few minutes ago, where I said that 2023 alone, Marvel did not do very well at all. Like, um, Ant-Man, Quantumania, The Marvels, and, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It, but just other than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the other movies did not do very well in the box office, and don't even get us started on DC, like Flash, Blue Beetle, like oof. 
Yeah, like it's a shame really because Blue Beetle had a lot of promise for for it when you when you looked at it. Yeah. So yeah, I just think that uh, you know in regards, I mean the superhero craze, I think I think is starting to kind of like you know wind down. I think at this point, and uh, unfortunately though, I'm kind of worried about saying like, oh hey, video game movies are going to be like the superhero movies. Not really. Not really. It depends on what video game you're going to be adapting. I mean, like, uh, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I think we'll have jumped the shark. I think if they decide to announce the Smash Brothers movie, I think then at this point, like. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, like, you know, you've done every other movie of every video game character, and now you're going to do the Smash Brothers movie. I can't, like, yeah, pretty soon we're going to be seeing a movie based off of Cubert. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, well, why Cubert? Like, what I'm getting at is, is that, you know, we're, sorry, let me rephrase this. So, you know, you've we had before, we had all the superhero movies. We had the Iron Man, we had, like, you know, Spider-Man, we had, yeah, like, yeah. you know, various other ones with Thor, things like that. And then after that, we had the Avenger movies. Right. That came out after that, because yes. we established our characters, and then we had the Avengers. So my thing is, is that it's going to be, you know, we'll start off with Mario, then we're going to go to Link. You know, the next movie, that's the last movie, that's maybe Donkey Kong will be next, if Seth Rogen is still to be believed. And then, obviously, we get other, you know, Mario characters, maybe even Princess Peach will probably get her own movie, maybe, if uh, that's going to be the case. Who knows? And then eventually, uh, you know, do we get, when do we say that the video game movies are going too far? Do we say when we get to the Smash Brothers movie? Maybe? That's like, you know, well, we've seen all these other movies before, and now all of a sudden we've got the Smash Brothers movie. Oh, okay. Nice I mean, like, saying. yeah, I'm saying what I'm saying. Like, you know, do we, uh, are we going to have, like, the same, like, sickness, I think, of that? Like, where we basically say, you know, oh, look, there's far too many video game movies, you know, enough already. You know, like, uh, yeah. if they overdo it, absolutely. Because I, yeah, I worry that that might, what might happen. I think Nintendo might be aware of this as well because keep this in mind, you know, the Super Mario Brothers movies, like the first Nintendo movie, I think, uh, since, you know, the the original Super Mario movie. Yeah, uh, from 30 years ago. 30 years ago, yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, you know, they've announced Legend of Zelda now, but I'm wondering if uh, they are also as conscious of the fact that, you know, they've seen what's happened with Marvel and now it's starting to kind of like, you know, you're starting to starting to wind down quite a bit and people are starting to become a bit disinterested. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if Nintendo also might be aware of this and might say to themselves, you know what, well, okay, this movie now, this movie now, we'll wait a couple of years and then we'll do this next movie. I wouldn't and be then, surprised because, you know, kinda, yeah, I mean, let's that. be honest, Nintendo has constantly followed the Miyamoto, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, thought of, you know, uh, 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 what was it like? A delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. Well, I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily. I think it's I think it's quality over quantity. Right. It's like you know, like uh, I bet. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Illumination went up to me and most says, "Hey, you got these other properties. Let's release let's let's release like like two movies every year." It's like no, no. It's like you know, look what's happened with Pixar for crying out loud. Ugh. Like you know, it's just it's. Uh, um, I think what they need to do. I think they need to pace themselves. I think they need to say, okay, let's get everybody excited over this movie for like you know a year and a bit. Then let's you know, announce the next movie and like, get me excited over a year and a bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, know, yeah not, but- you don't need a movie every six months. You yeah. Know, like, yeah, yeah but just- here's the thing. That's Nintendo. What about Sony? What about Microsoft? What about mm. Sega? I could. Well, here's the thing. Like, um, if uh, if they don't have that foresight, I can probably imagine they're going to probably be like, really, oh, good grief. Can you imagine having like a Streets of Rage and a Golden Axe movie and everything like that yeah. you know, coming coming out for, for Sega? I can, I can see them doing that. Yeah, and but- uh, there, there'll also be a Yakuza movie. There'll be spinoffs of all the Sonic characters. We're going to be getting the Mr. Big movie. Oh, good, great. Well, you know, like, uh, yeah. So I just think that's... I mean, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog's already rolling anyway, pretty yeah, much at this point. We, we, We're getting we, Sonic 3 very yeah, soon. Yeah, exactly. We're getting Sonic 3, yeah, but... It kind of feels weird, though. We're getting Sonic 3, but we're starting with Shadow of the Hedgehog. Like, well, I mean, like I said when we talked about Sonic 2, that Sonic 2 had Tails in the video game, and then Sonic 3 had Knuckles, but I think they're trying to speed it up a bit. It's like, okay, we're going to introduce Knuckles in Sonic 2, and... Shadow the Hedgehog was introduced in 
Sonic Adventure 2. So I take it that they're really trying to emphasize the more popular characters. Yeah, but like, I mean, uh, I mean, I probably would have like done like, you know, the, I mean, if I was doing Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, m- movie franchise, I mean, I'd probably just start from like from the very beginning. Like, you know, you had, you know, Sonic versus Dr. Robotnik, you know, at the very beginning of that. Yeah. And then after that, you, then you introduced Tails and then, you know, you brought up Sonic Robotnik again and then you had Sonic 3 and then, you know, like it was just kind of, like, then you'd be introduced to Knuckles and then, you know, then eventually you would get into like, you know, Sonic Adventure and you would get to like, you know, uh, all the other, all the other yeah, Sonic I mean, movies. Yeah, and eventually yeah, you, you bring have those a lot characters of other in. characters. Like you have, um, you have Amy. Rose. I, can I can understand why they brought in Shadow the Hedgehog though, because like you know, firstly like you know he was like a funny meme, and then all of a sudden like you know he became a more serious character after that. Mm-hmm. Like I get that, so I mean that I can understand. But I mean like yeah, but I agree with you. I mean like, but again, it's like with the whole thing that we're talking about here. Like you know, st- don't rush these things. You know, like you know, pace them out. Like you know, get people excited over one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and uh, it's not going to be about having like you know a couple of good years. You know, it's like it's going to be like. Like probably like having like you know decades worth of like you know content that you can put out to people and make tons of money because not everybody's gonna get sick of it all of a sudden. Right. You know, you oh, and, and let's not forget. Not only do we have the video game movies, we have the video game TV shows, both animated and live action. Halo, The Last of Us, Castlevania, Sonic. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, here's the thing about this, like, uh, I mean, I can only afford, like, one streaming account at a time. Like, you know, right now I'm on Disney+. Plus. Looks like I'm going to be staying with Disney+, Plus as well, because Netflix... You know, wants yeah, and I have a Netflix account, so I can be able to help yeah, them out. Yeah, exactly, but, I mean, like, uh, in regards to, um, you know, um, uh, what's-his-face, um, you know, um, your TV series and stuff like that, I mean, like, you know, there's loads of this stuff already. Like, and just, you know, it's, 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 it's already hard enough to try and keep up with the movies, let alone the TV shows. Yeah, there's so many... There is just as much TV shows based off of video games as there are of movies and uh just like the tv show uh, i'm sorry just like the movies the tv shows have in recent years gotten a lot more better than what we grew up with when it comes to movies or video or tv shows based off but then you find out there's not enough hours in the day to catch up with everything that's the problem exactly uh, yeah. yeah like i would love to watch both the original Castlevania and Castlevania Nocturne. I would like to check out The Last of Us. I would like to check out The Witcher TV series. I would like to check out Sonic Prime, but I don't have the time for it right now. Yeah, like uh, I think uh, I think the problem is is that uh, I think they're trying to create uh, you know a lot of content. I think for like you know all sorts of different audiences, but then you realize that you know uh, this audience also would also enjoy this type of stuff. But then when they realize they got like you know uh, obviously there's, there's there's such a thing as too much choice. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're going to end up going to end up being at some point. Like you know, there's too much choice. You know, like you know, where uh, there's. Uh, I'm really surprised that. Uh, I mean, do you get the feeling that somewhere down the line, you know, like uh, we're not going to have. You know, what well, we have Netflix, we have Disney Plus, we have HBO Max, we have Paramount Plus. We, we have, have Amazon Prime, we have Prime, Apple, Apple TV. TV. You know, like, uh, when's it going to get to a point where it's like, you know, someone has to lose this match. You know, like, you know, someone has to get eliminated from the mat from from this. Quibby. Thing. Uh, well, Quibi's already gone. Exactly. I know, but I'm just saying. But they lost. But exactly, yeah. But like, you know, do you get the feeling that even then there's too much streaming services? And I mean, Amazon Prime, I can see is just going to last a long time because obviously it's Amazon. Like, you know, they're a behemoth that can't be beat. Right. But uh, I mean, like, uh, who is you know? Someone's going to have to get knocked out of this fight, and someone's going to just you know wave a white flag and say, well, "Okay, um, we'll go to Netflix, or we'll like we'll you know we'll incorporate that into like our." Well, you know, I mean, the way uh, that the way that Warner Brothers is going on at the moment is probably going to be Max. Well, I mean, I, I, well, you look at Max and you think, yeah, it definitely looks like he's going to be next. But, uh, I mean, it's uh, somewhere down the line. I mean, also, we got Peacock as well. There's also another yep, one as that's well. Pe- yeah, yep, exactly. That's another one. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, there's, there's too much. 
I think, and uh, somewhere down the line, I think people are going to realize, also, this Gen Z crowd themselves, I mean, like, they are just, you know, they're somewhat, you know, coming out of school, they're in that awkward moment in the, you know, we've been in that awkward point in our lives, where basically we're working part-time, maybe we've got a lot of time to, like, stream stuff, but eventually, you know, they're going to become fully-fledged adults, and then they're going to be, like, having, you know, families of their own, and they're going to be working, like, you know, longer hours, things like that, like, somewhere down the line, you know, that, 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 that um, somewhere that destroyer is going to break the camel's back, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's not going to be enough time to stream all this stuff, and so it's going to be. Let me say, I was surprised, like you know, it's maybe somewhere down the line where all this Gen Z content it kind of just falls through the floor, maybe, and uh, you know, uh, there's there's far too much of it, and like you know, it's uh, it's like the gaming market crashed back in the 1980s, yeah, which was far just too a, much of it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing with Hollywood that I've been noticing is that whenever one movie gets really, really popular, there's going to be a huge wave of other studios who are going to try to cash in on that popularity. Like, remember, we talked about this in Crystal Skull when we did Fantasy Month, where in the 2000s, there was just so many fantasy movies. You had Lord of the Rings, you had Harry Potter, you had Chronicles of Narnia, Bridge of Terabithia, a series of unfortunate events, like so many of them. And it was just overwhelming to the point in which it only lasted for about maybe 10 years and then the young adult uh, genre became really popular when you had Twilight when you had The Hunger Games when you had Divergent and then that also you know started to diminish as well when superheroes became really popular and then before then we had uh, a wave of superhero movies that were trying to cap uh, cash in on the 1989 Batman film and then we had westerns and then we had action movies that were trying to cash in on like you know movies like Rambo or something like that so yeah we've we've seen this wave so many times it's far too much. I mean, like, somewhere down the line, you need to put the brakes on and, uh, you know, then you know, give people time to breathe and get excited for something. You know, like, you know, uh, maybe, there I say, maybe Rockstar Games have got it right with GTA 6, like, you know, putting it off, off announcing it for so long. I get 10 years is a pretty long wait, but at the same time, like, you know, you got a lot of people excited, don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same thing with Metroid Dread when that came out two years ago in which there hadn't been an, an installment of Metroid that followed up Metroid Fusion in almost 20 years. And we had a new 2D Metroid game that we were waiting for since the release of Other M. And mm-hmm. that got people excited. And now currently it is the best-selling Metroid game of the franchise. Yeah. Isn't these note also back in the games LA Times article is that so he also knows that Disney in particular having a tough year only released Switch that only came out poor reviews and grossed only $31 million of the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And he could still recover that like uh, Big Stars of Mental did. Marvel, the Marvels bombed. Uh, I mean, makes Epic's also struggled in the theatres and uh, at least Ridley Scott's uh, 200 plus million uh, Napoleon did better than expected. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, look, just focusing on that, maybe, you know, we talk about the video game craze. Maybe it's time Disney, I mean, and I get they're all about generating original content, but maybe given the fact that they, now there is a pot of gold and he has video games living on it, maybe they should probably like think, oh, hey, let's get some of these IPs in there and uh, give them the Disney touch. I and, mean, like, yeah. they, Kingdom they, Hearts, for example. Maybe oh, Hearts. my God, that's a great idea. Kingdom Hearts movie. Like, you know, the, 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 it's there. You know, it's like, uh, why don't they do it? Like, uh, mind you, the one the thing I argue Disney should do is the Disney Princess movie. You know, uh, everything like that. But I think maybe Disney now should probably say, look at something like that. That you know, look at video game IPs out there and say, you know what, that needs to be a movie because the the audience are asking for it. Look how excited they were for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Look how excited now the now the Legend of Zelda has been announced. Things like that. Look how Google Gaga even's going for the Sonic Hedgehog movies. Like, you know, it's like this is something maybe Disney should be looking at. Absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, seriously, absolutely. I do agree a hundred percent. And Kingdom Hearts would be like an instant seller. Like, people would be going nuts over it. Oh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts of the movie, I think, would definitely be a, that'll, that'll be a... That'll be a billion. At least it looks like a billion anyway, doesn't it? If not 500 million, at least. Sure. 
Sure. Especially since now they've already ran Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Indiana Jones, and their remakes down to the ground in which nobody cares about it anymore. And um, yeah, we already talked about that Elemental. Pretty much nobody watched it until eventually word of mouth spread. And then eventually, you know, people started to like it and appreciate it. And then there's Wish, which, by the way, we have not seen but we have heard the reviews of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I mean, who knows? We're doing a movie marathon on Wednesday, Friday. Maybe we might, you know, maybe we might just take an interesting gander and see if it's still there. Mm, well, we'll see. see. Here's the thing about this is that, uh, I mean, you know, unfortunately this, uh, you know, um, with Disney, I think they, you know, it was sad and I think a lot of people to say, oh, well, you know, uh, why can't their original stuff just work? Why can't they just like, you know, uh, you know, why did they have to do the video game movies? And like, well, look at where the market's going right now. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. I mean, According to what the article said, it makes me wonder. Would Wreck-It Ralph have done better in this in this era? Do you think? Now that people got interested, interested in video game movies, do you think they released? Well, mind you, now that I say that, like you know, oh hey, you know, Bob Iger will be sat there with all all this bunch of vegetables, you know, in his boardroom and just saying, okay, well, what do we do now, guys? Like, uh, well, video games are popular, so let's do Wreck-It Ralph three. Like, I I could, I could, no, I could hear that, couldn't you? I'm laughing because I agree. Someone's gonna say that. Yeah, I guarantee you, someone in that in the those bunch of morons running Disney right now is gonna say, "Oh well, video games are popular. Let's do Wreck It Ralph 3. I agree. Despite the fact that Ralph faced the internet, the only good thing that came out of the Wreck It Ralph Three, funnily enough, was nothing to do with video games. It was the princesses. Yes, I agree. And the movie didn't even have anything to do with video games. It was about the internet. Exactly. Yeah, I I could see that. I could see that conversation going on right now. Me too. And that's why I'm laughing because I can see that happening. That's next week on Aaron's Patricia. <laughs> and finally, Wreck It Ralph three's been announced. Bob Iger decides to listen to our podcast. Oh my god! Okay, I, I think we better move on before we go crazy. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, the 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 crux of the argument basically is from this is that you know video games now are basically going to be the next you know cash cow effectively for Hollywood to basically create. Can you tons believe and tons that? Of movies. I, I I cannot believe in when we grew up as kids when we saw movies like the Super Mario Brothers movie, Mortal Kombat. Hey, I've seen some of the Hitman movies. Good grief. <laughs> Oh they're, they're, they're on Disney Plus, would you believe? What? They are, yeah. So, uh, I'll show you after, after this. But, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, given also, on top of that, like, you know, we, we, you and I in the car when we were driving up to, to uh, go retrieve your suitcase, which got lost. Uh, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> when, when you were on that, we were talking about the Street Fighter movies, weren't we? When, yeah. Uh, when Callie Minogue was, you know, who was somehow is an Australian, you know, singer and soap star opera, was somehow, you know, uh, who was she? She was, she was Ka- Cammy. Ka- Cammy. Yeah, in, she was uh, a- the Street yeah. Fighter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So an Australian uh, singer slash soap actress was playing as a British brainwashed agent for M. Bison. Yeah, you thought that was the most bizarre thing, you know, things casting that you've seen in that movie. My goodness, I got Jim Claude Van Damme to sell you. Oh, yeah. An Austrian action star playing as the American soldier. Yeah. So... You know, like, you know, video game movies have been done horribly in all of this, and it's only taken... I mean, here's the thing about this. I mean, I'm not saying that the Super Mario Brothers movie is like, you know, a Oscar-winning masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but here's the thing. Given the fact that they did it so wrong in the 90s, you know, uh, I mean, I, you know, Bob Hoskins I always love. Like, you know, he was, he was like, you know, I always love him as Eddie Valiant and who's playing Roger Rabbit and various other roles, but let's be honest with you, like, you know, that was a pretty sad thing to see him play Mario in yeah, that, in that movie. Yeah, there are so many behind-the-scenes attractions 
atrocities to that movie. Go watch a video on it on YouTube. Go read an article about it. It is amazing of how much of a disaster that the production was. But yeah, we had equally amount of awful movies. Double Dragon. Oh my God, that movie was awful. Yeah, exactly. As somebody who loved playing the games when I was a kid and then seeing a like a, it looked like something out of Mad Max. Yeah. Like what the hell is has this to do with Double Dragon? I know. It's just it's uh, uh, video game movies have been treated so terribly over the last couple of decades, and now it is only now that you know since Sonic the Hedgehog, since the Mario movie, now that we're going to get Legend of Zelda, it's only now they're starting to get taken yeah, seriously it, because it, people it, realize there's money to be made out exactly. of these things. Exactly. It's not only until it's only been until just recently that video games started getting more um, accolades into saying, "Wow, we can actually make money off of this." Detective Pikachu, Sonic the Hedgehog, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, you know, there's also been some other ones uh, like Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed and various other films. But I mean, there's some animes as well based on video games yes, too. They're, like, they're, you know, yeah, exactly. they're, they're more Crunchyroll fodder than anything else. Yeah, right? like the Resident Evil movies, the yeah. Street Fighter movies. Yeah, they're in the Final Fantasy movies. Oh, that's Crunchyroll fodder right there. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to know now, like, you know, they are looking at, uh, you know, Nintendo properties, they're looking at Sega properties, and they're looking at very little and saying, hey, there's something to be done here. And uh, so, I mean, like, uh, whether we're going to get Tom Holland in as Link for, you know, for Legend of Zelda is going to be another matter. Yeah, but, uh, if, yeah, if that is to be confirmed, we'll say we called it. Yeah, I mean, like, well, would you say, I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, say Sony Pictures has got one of Nintendo's biggest properties, they got Miyamoto Zia, I mean, like, wouldn't, why wouldn't they approach Tom Holland or approach any big, you know, character for this role? Yeah. Or that, that matter. Or maybe Miyamoto might have his other ideas, like who he thinks his, his, his Link is going to be. Well, we'll see. Uh, that's going to be interesting actually because this is going to be live action so like I mean I'm sure he's going to get somewhat of a say in casting I probably would imagine sure. uh, I don't know like you know I'm pretty sure other Nintendo higher ups will also have a say on like who the, who you know the movie link should be yeah because I I guarantee you I bet there's still PTSD going on over at Nintendo in regards to like you know the 90s Mario movie oh, I probably I'm imagine. sure there is so I think they're going to be treating this very seriously yeah I, I mean and, and unless then... now they've got their trust back because of what's happened with the Mario movie and they exactly. say okay we'll let you guys do what you need to do because it seems Hollywood's found its, found its sanity again yeah there you go we'll see yeah we'll see so yeah final words um is video games going to be replacing marvel movies or dc superhero movies as like the next big cash cow well if it does disney's in a lot of trouble yep they are yeah I think they need to have a serious look at what's going on right now. Yeah, they have to look at not only into, you know, what the craze is at the moment, but also the other animated movies that are coming out that are doing much better than they are. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to something more positive. By the way, uh, we want to give a shout out to Macaulay Culkin, and because uh, I mean, I saw him. I think the last time I saw him, I think it was like you know in the last Angry Video Game Nerd, you know, appearance that he did, like you know when he was doing Big Ears and things yeah, like that. I like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and like he's doing like, Home Alone games, and uh, you know, well, Macaulay Culkin's been a pretty cool guy pretty recently. Yeah, and, and I uh, also saw him in an episode of Good Mythical Morning where he, Rhett, and Link were having a whole bunch of rabbits, and they were doing like a guessing game on what the rabbits were going to be eating. Yeah, but uh, as we all know. Going for Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, but, so for his uh, work in Home Alone and various other things that he's done, uh, Macaulay Culkin has been honored in the Walk of Fame. Well deserved, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, he looked really happy, like. You know, and also, he did a, he had a, 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 a rekindling with uh, his. Uh, oh yeah, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. That was really interesting to see them two get back. You know, reminiscing, like you know, on that. You know, they should do more of those things. Like you know, they've been doing it with all sorts of other shows. 
Towers. Like, you know, I mean, they did with Vaulty Towers when, like, you know, Chunk Lee's got, like, all the guys back together to do Vaulty Towers, like, you know, revisiting all that stuff. I from, haven't like, seen it. that one. Yeah, the, the, that one was really intriguing. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I really like those types of, you know, those types of specials where, you know, former cast members all get back together and reminisce and, like, you know, what it was like to, like, do, yeah. you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah, Harry Potter did a, an entire um, movie based off of that where Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma uh, Watson were able to come together and meet up with J.K. Rowling and various other cast members. They went into the the set pieces of all the movies and they were able to reminisce about their time together. So, yeah, I, I think that they should do more of that. Yeah, and so uh, it's um, interesting to see where, where else is the uh the the what his Walk of Fame star. I mean, where, did they say whereabouts where they put it? I mean, or? the Walk of Fame usually is in California. Yeah, unless... where, whereabouts on the walk? Did oh, they, did they put it? I don't know where specifically. Oh, okay, then yeah. So, uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe you and I might be walking down someday one day. Might we go see it? Yeah, so. that'd be great. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, it was a huge ceremony over there. Not only was Catherine O'Hara there, but uh, he was there with Brenda Song and their two children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he looks really happy over there. I mean, he's come so far compared to like twenty years ago. Oh yeah, which... like you know we just. It's, uh, unfortunately, he, we thought we were going to be, you know, talking about him the same way of like other, you know, unfortunately, child stars. Where, yeah, like, like you know, Lindsay Lohan or Amanda Bynes. Lives falling apart. Like, well, to be fair, it's Lindsay Lohan. She has managed to get herself back on yeah, track. Yeah. Amanda Bynes. Also, keep, my mother Bynes has, like, mental health issues. I mean, you can't really, like, you know. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, bad example. Yeah. I would say, like, um... What would, what would be a good example of like a bad child actor who just went off the rails? Um, well, I mean, there's okay, I mean, there's quite a few of them. But, uh, oh yeah, I mean, like uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's just it's uh, unfortunately like you know the fame gets really as in a young age they just you know they don't know how to control it and then all of a sudden like you know they're uh, yeah. you know, they're all on their own and like you know they've only got like you know whatever vices basically you know, you know keep keep them keep them going until eventually they like they expire from this world. And yeah, it's you and really... I start doing like you know these sort of like retrospectives and like you know uh, what we liked when they were kids. Yeah. Exactly, like a VH1, where are they now edition? Yeah, it's just awful about the treatment that Macaulay Culkin got. Like, the fact that his dad stole half of his money and he was typecast into various movies that he didn't necessarily fit in. And then when he reached puberty... He was in an awful Good Son movie as well, if you oh, remember. Oh, God, yeah. Good Son. And, you know, so, so he starred the same guy who uh, later on appeared in you know the Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, uh, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, yeah. And uh, so it's just, it's, uh, it, you know, it's amazing. Elijah Wood managed to come out of that one escaped and Macaulay Culkin unfortunately kind of fell by the wayside because of that well I mean there were some other movies that he was a part of and then there was also he was also in also he was in, uh, he was in uh, what's it, the, uh, the Blues Brothers 2000 wasn't yep, he yep he was in Blues uh, Brothers 2000 yep yeah so and th- there were also some other movies that he was a part of that didn't exactly work out very well and then there was also um, that time period where you know he got married at a very young age and then it, the, the marriage ended in a disaster and then he mind you that's, that's like Hollywood in a nutshell really like, you know, people get married too young you know they spend like you know a couple of years together and then they, they there's this awful divorce and everything like that mind you I mean like Britney Spears got married for like six hours didn't she like, yeah you know. pretty much <laughs> yeah it's just it's just this uh, so I mean obviously Macaulay Culkin was just caught up in that wild time and you know and that so, but the fact that he's managed to make it onto the other side I think it's just it's uh, you know it's just it's amazing to watch really. absolutely and, uh, yeah and we wish him all the best of health and keep, keeps keeps going mm-hmm, you know, like I agree we loved him in Home Alone he was he was he was great as Kevin McCallister. yeah yeah he was great in Home Alone Home Alone 2 we liked him in Uncle Buck mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, yeah, there's plenty of movies that he was uh, really great in. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I like how he like he's not afraid to like you know he he'll make internet appearances as well. Like you know, he's been on like you know, obviously he's been on James Roll's Hungry video game. No, he's been you know on uh, various other ones as well. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's not afraid to like you know, get him to internet comedy too. Yeah, like you know, I think I think all oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, his robot chicken skits are really funny. Though. Oh yeah, they're brilliant. And, yeah. and then there was also that time where he did um a commercial for Google about like um reprising his role as Kevin in Home Alone where he was uh you know home alone and it was like you know Google call my mom or Google get security or something like that so yeah at least he's able to reference himself yeah and uh, I think he had like uh, at one point like there's this thing on the internet where like you know he was um you know well, well who is it who plays like one of the wet bandits I think uh, um uh, Daniel they, Stern yeah, or Joe, Joe Pesci yeah, I think, I think, was it Joe Pesci I think it was I think uh, it was the other one who uh, like, Daniel Stern yeah I think I think I think they had like a back and forth thing you know where where they were like you know uh, talking about like you know where both of the uh, where both Kevin where where you know their characters basically would be now. Oh, okay. So yeah, and like that was hilarious for a time. That's very nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, like uh, Macaulay Culkin, you know, uh, I hope he keeps going. Like, I mean, dare I say, like, you know, uh, I don't know what projects he's got he's got lined up. You know, currently, if he's got anything lined up at all, I'm like, not sure. Know, I'm interested to see him come back, see if he does anything. Pretty yeah, cool. that'd, that'd be great. Yeah. So anyway, we'll keep you posted if anything does come up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's talk about something that's also pretty unbelievable, and that is that. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say about this. Like, here's a Netflix film that's beaten a Disney film, or here's an Adam Sandler film that's good. Like, <laughs> I don't know which one's more incredible at this point. But here we are here in 2023. Leo scores uh, biggest debut ever for Netflix animated film, and uh, right now it's certified fresh, I think, I believe. Yeah, it, uh, is, it right. is certified fresh. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you and I are going to check out Leo at some point. We are. And, uh, you know, let us know what we're doing. But uh, I mean, the premise looks pretty interesting. Like, you know, this is a lizard that basically has, like, one year left on this earth, yes. effectively, and now he's basically going to do everything within that year. Yes. Pretty much. And so, uh, I mean, like, uh, that's a good, I mean, that's a good premise for, like, you know, something like this movie. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, Adam Sandler worked with these collaborators uh, for this movie in the past like um, they've worked on the Hotel Transylvania movies they've worked on uh, various other films from Happy Madison production so the fact that they're able to put out a movie that a lot of people are saying no this is actually really good is, is, is captivating a lot of people but then again I would argue that in recent years Adam Sandler has done really well with his films I mean I even told you about the um the basketball film that he was in a few years ago where, you know, he was uh, recruiting a basketball player and that was excellent. That was an excellent movie. And I even heard some really interesting reviews on uh, You're Not Coming to My Bat Mitzvah, which is actually featuring his daughter, Sonny Sadler. And it's actually a really good movie. Like, you know, it's actually a really funny comedy that's also really heartfelt. So in recent years, his live action stuff has been doing really, really well. Now his animated stuff, on the other hand, is pretty crazy. Crazy nights. Yep, a crazy nights. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, even, even some of his live actions stuff, unfortunately, kind of fell by the wayside. I mean, like you know, his remake of The Longest Yard was, you know, well, it was a thing for the time. But then when you really look back at it, it's not really that good. And then also there was the horrendous Jack and Jill movie as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, unfortunately, Adam Sandler has wrong forces quite a few times. Yeah, in the 2010s, he was essentially a punchline. I think that I even, like I said, that article um, that um, Adam Sandler movies are for stupid 12-year-old boys. And when those boys grow up, and then it'll generate a new generation of stupid 12-year-old boys. Yeah, funny enough, I was actually going to do a series called Charity Shop Theater, where basically I'll go into a charity shop, look at all the DVDs, and uh, look at, uh, you know, which ones I would 
would review. But uh, the problem is that the majority of the films there were Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> and, like, I just thought, you know, like, uh, I couldn't just, you know, uh, most of those movies are going to be Adam Sandler films. I just thought, nah, like, you know, he's like, you might, you know, he's, he might, might as well call it the Adam Sandler theater or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and maybe, maybe sometime in the future we'll do a Crystal Skull. And- fair, though, Adam Sandler was in a hell of a lot of movies. Oh, yeah, like, you know, so yeah. many movies. I mean... You think, you think he'd be winning Oscars, like, you know, left, right, and center with the amount of, you know, the, you know demand that he was in. But, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was in so many movies and, you know, not just counting his Happy Madison stuff. Um, I would think that maybe at some point he would win an Oscar, but a lot of people seem to know him for his comedy. And you know, like I said, his Happy Madison production movies are very mixed. I mean, you uh, for every wedding singer, you have Little Nicky. For every uh, 51st Dates, you have Jack and Jill. So the one thing I will admit, Little Nicky is kind of a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. A okay. little bit. Yeah, like, uh, but I mean, I don't say it's a good movie, but uh, I don't know. Like, there's there's, uh, there's one point where, like, you know, where Ozzy Osbourne comes out of nowhere and, like, bites the head off the bat. And, like, you know, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, because it was Ozzy Osbourne doing it, like, you know, so. Uh, sure. Yeah. That's that's how you get a chuckle out of me, basically. Just put Ozzy Osbourne like at the end of a movie, he's like, by head off, reference by head off the bat. Yeah, Trolls World Tour had a opportunity lost. Uh, well, I mean, you could you couldn't do that in Trolls World Tour. No, I meant like doing something good with Ozzy Osbourne. Well, yeah, all he does is make noises. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it makes you wonder, like you know, uh, what what mental state was he in when he he was doing that? I mean, like, I know that he was sick for a while, so yeah, I know, but uh, like I would have said that. Uh, I mean, if you you know the with Trolls World Tour, I think you know a big opportunity was missed, like bringing like loads of like you know uh, you know old you know rockers like come in and like just voice act, you know, voice exactly trolls. like you know uh, Black Sabbath, Guns and Roses, Metallica, ACDC, yeah. White Snake, yeah, know, like uh, yeah, like uh, there was a lot of like chance to do that. You know, that, that was a movie that was built for Jack Black, effectively. Yeah, and he wasn't in it. Exactly. Like, how, how, how could you not achieve that? Why is why wasn't? Why can you get Jack Black back for a number of Kung Fu Panda movies? Obviously, I know because he's Poe, but you couldn't bring him in at least for a cameo in Trolls World Tour and have him as one of the Rock Trolls. Exactly. Like, come on, it would have been awesome if Tenacious D would have performed. That, 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 that was there, sitting on the table, and you missed it. Yep. Yeah. How could you not? I uh, I don't know. Anyway, what are we talking about again? Oh yeah, Leo. Leo, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of hard, like because this movie kind of came out of left field for us. Like you know, we've not been like you know saying, oh hey, we've heard about this movie, like because you know uh, Adam Sandler hasn't really kind of like taken like our attention really. Like, like I know, said, I mean, his live things. action stuff in recent years, yes, exactly. But, yeah, his, but, but his animated stuff, no. Yeah, exactly. So like uh, when we heard like you know, oh Adam Sandler's in Leo, we're like yeah, like you know, we weren't thinking too much about it. But now apparently, according to a lot of people, apparently it's a really good movie i mean like eh, all right then we'll bite we'll see we'll go on there and see what it's like yeah so. yeah and the fact that out of all the original netflix animated films nimona mitchell's versus the machines pinocchio this is the biggest debut yeah so um okay we'll go for it and yeah. we'll have a look and we'll tell you what we think yeah and if it's good oh man disney we're going to have to sit down and have an intervention. Mind you, like, I mean, Disney's been here before. Like, you know, uh, you, know you remember Don Bluth when he you know, went, 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 you know, became a rebel and, and then he's like bringing out movies and people are saying, oh, yeah, I mean, what he's got here might actually be pretty good yeah. compared to Disney. And then everyone else got into that work. Well, you know, Cosgrove Hall, you know, to put out the BFG. Yep. And, you know, and then various other, you know. Yeah, Ralph Bakshi did that and various other animation studios. I mean, yeah. United Cinema, I think, also brought up yep. a few things as well. Like, you know, a lot of people got into the animation craze. And then, unfortunately, you know, the Renaissance 
Renaissance era came in and then Disney blew them out of the water. I think I think that's what we're waiting for, basically, for Disney. It's just like, you know, we're waiting for, like, you know, the, that next movie that's going to kick off the next, you know, the next era, basically, for uh, for Disney to, uh, you know... Uh, you know yeah, uh, Wish was supposed to be that movie, and it didn't do it. No, if you ask me, I mean, Wish was a tribute to the last 100 years. If anything, if, if it was a reflection... You know, you look, I guarantee you look at like some of the preview stuff, you know, like, you can definitely tell like, this is just, you know, trying to replicate what the, the Disney magic that's... Or we've already known. Unfortunately, dare I say, like, you know, they probably looked at that and said, what would Walt do? Which is like, you know, he's pretty much, you know, a death nail, basically, for any movie. Yeah, well, we, we talked about that was the, the 70s movies in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's probably what... I mean, I mean we've only not seen Wish yet, so, I mean... Maybe we're being a bit unfair, but I mean, like, uh, maybe well, this is what we're going to be looking into if we do go and see Wish. You know, well, like this, I mean, it this might is probably what we thought. Oh, this is what what would Walt do back in the seventies? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's currently in theaters. Yeah. So maybe we'll maybe. put it in the list. We'll see. Okay. All right. Okay. So, move. Uh, I would say for Leo. Um, I'm good on Adam Sandler for stuff. You know, great, great that he's actually you know, but you know, done a good movie. So yeah, I mean, a good animated movie. Yeah, like I said, the live action stuff has actually gotten a lot more praises nowadays. But yeah, I mean, a, a good animated movie. I mean, I, I it's a miracle considering that a Crazy Nights awful. The Hotel Transylvania movies are pretty mixed. Well, to be fair, Adam Sandler's not been in every single movie. He's only been, he's been in the first three, but he has not been in the fourth. Fourth, exactly. So I mean, like, uh, I guess he got bored of like you know Adam Transylvania. I mean, to be to be fair, I don't blame <laughs> him. I don't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a lizard in a school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what a great transition. <laughs> okay, so anyway, we will go and see it at some point, and then we'll let you know our thoughts. Yes. Okay. Um, next on the list, uh, Nintendo. We'll go back to Nintendo news now. You know, talk about video games at the very beginning. So they have unveiled Donkey Kong Country Theme Park World. Wow, this is going to be huge, and this is you know Donkey Kong Country, not original arcade Donkey Kong. So I'm actually really excited about this because I love the Donkey Kong Country games. I love um, the first three. I've never played the N64 one, but I have played um, Donkey Kong Country Returns. I have not played Tropical Freeze. I really want to, though, because it looks good. I've played all three of the Donkey Kong Country mo- uh, games on Super Nintendo. I have, too. Yeah. and uh, Have you played 64? Um, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have not. Because yeah. I never owned a Nintendo 64. Yeah, like, uh, you know, it's just... It's, uh, let me tell you something. The, 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 if you think the worst thing about that game is the DK rap, I can guarantee you there's a lot more in there. That's, uh, that's, all, I, that's all I know about the game is the DK rap. DK Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. I make He's the leader of the bunch. Well, no, the one good thing I'll say about the Super Mario Brothers movie is that basically they didn't play... only played, like, that one snippet of DK Donkey Kong theme in that and just left it at that <laughs> and didn't go any further. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So anyway, um, set to open in spring 2024, uh, the Donkey Kong Country area of Japanese Nintendo theme park will increase its size by 1.7 times. Uh, Universal told Japanese press at the event this week. Like Nintendo World's uh, original Super Mario themed area, which opened in 2021, the Donkey Kong themed world will uh, utilize wearable quote-unquote power-up bands uh, combined with an app to create a video game-like experience. Uh, so the key attraction of uh, Donkey Kong Country will be the roller coaster based on the games got Minecraft rides good call uh the coaster will be elevated over the track uh creating the illusion of uh jummy gross gap the only thing i basically just said one nintendo is that please don't put like you know the giant like killer gaps in the <laughs> middle of the tracks i think you'll get sued for doing that <laughs> there's a roller coaster tycoon okay <laughs> 
So what people's real lives say, you know? Roller coaster tycoon. I wonder what that would be like if it was an actual theme park. No. <laughs> we you know, like uh, if we ever do that, like, you know, I guarantee it will be taking the money and run. Okay, yeah, I think a lot of people are doing that. <laughs> anyway, in the CGI trailer showcasing Donkey Kong World appears to show a new uh, store-themed Funky Kong, good call, and um, a Bongo's minigame. Like the Mario area, it will also feature interactive elements and uh, themed merchandise and food. Uh, I don't see what the food's going to be like. You know, like Bananas. Uh, and melons. Bananas and melons. Yeah, it's going to be like, oh, do you think they're going to have like the big massive pie? Do you think they all with like, the, oh, you want some food? There's going to be like, Donkey's banana hoard and it's just going to be like this big, huge pile of bananas. Oh, <laughs> banana. No, no. Oh, it's like, oh, we're going to have way too much fun with this, aren't we? I wonder if they're going to reference the TV show. Um, I mean, would you be surprised if they did? Like, uh, I well, mean, I have, I have a guy dressed up as Donkey Kong and uh, singing songs. On, yeah, the one thing I'll definitely say that the singing, you know, for Donkey Kong's voice actor in that cartoon is actually pretty spot on. It is. It is actually pretty good. Like, I, I like, I like Nobody's Hero. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if there's like uh, a reference of the TV show with Banana Slammer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or like they have like the trigger barrels where like, oh my, you know, don't do that. You'll get sued as well. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Now that I'm thinking about this all in my head, this, 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 this theme park sounds like a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, okay. but uh, you know, I don't think they're going to do any of that no, no, stuff. No, 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 no. So, um, Universe also revealed that uh, Donkey Kong merchandise is usually on sale, including DK and Diddy Kong power up bands. Uh, Nintendo first announced the plans for Donkey Kong back. Actually, they announced this actually yeah, a while we, back we, ago. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we know about this, but now that we've actually seen what it's going to be about. Well, now there's some pictures of the merch. And actually, like, uh, I mean, obviously, you can see, you know, you can tell what the headbands are from, can't you? Yes, like, you know, of course. <laughs> like, uh, but uh, yeah, there's that. And also, you got the DK barrels. Of course, you have the DK barrels. I mean, are those Happy Meals? Yes, like, those are Happy Meals. Oh, cool. And what are these? What are these on there? These um, tins of like, you know, yeah, it looks like banana tins. Banana tins, yeah. Like, what are they like banana elixirs or something like that? I don't know. Uh, and uh, they look like you know uh, board games. Yeah, board games. Yeah, so like and there's uh, the, there's the those are power rings. Yeah, so the DK and the Diddy power rings. Let's see which ones. You know what the difference between the two are going to be. Mm. So okay. Uh, so according to Miyamoto, he says I'm very happy to be able to make uh, the world of Donkey Kong a reality. Following the world of Mario, I'm looking forward to creating a thrilling Donkey Kong experience with the amazing team at Universal. It will take uh, some time before it's completed, uh, but it will be a unique area, but not only for who are familiar with Donkey Kong games, but for all our guests. So, I mean, there's going to be some variety involved in all of it. It's a theme park for, you know, for the general public, so of course you can have to put some variety in all of mm-hmm. this as well. So, no doubt we're going to see some... There's a, if, that, if that's an opportunity for them to include some new stuff for Donkey Kong franchise, I'm interested to, hear to see what that's going to be. Yeah, exactly. We haven't had a new Donkey Kong game in almost a decade. Well, I'm not talking about Donkey Kong games. I mean, like, I mean, maybe new characters, maybe, like, you know, maybe new things that, you know, maybe not seen in the Donkey Kong games. Oh, maybe okay. Yeah, so, like, uh, interesting to see what they, else they could do. Yeah. Yeah. With Donkey Kong, you know, world, if yeah. you will. I, I, I'm really curious. Maybe they'll even include a, a new Donkey Kong animated series. Mm. Well, uh, we'll see. But um, I mean, like, uh, I mean, we know there's gonna. I mean, there's been talk by Seth Rogen. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning. Like, you know, there may be a potential for a Donkey Kong movie. I mean, like, yeah, that's being talked about. Yeah. So whether Illumination is gonna, you know, get them up on that or not, I'm not entirely sure. But I, don't know. Uh, I mean, well, given the success of the Super Mario Brothers movie, I won't be too surprised if they try. I mean, hello, you do, you don't like making money. Yeah, exactly. Well, I bet Illumination's has them every every franchise they have effectively to you know to do stuff with. So yeah, we'll see. exactly. 
All right then. So anyway, uh, that's gonna be opening up soon. And I'm uh, excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Like you know, there's there's more and more excuses now to go to Japan <laughs> for you and I. <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna go to the Studio Ghibli Museum. We're gonna go to the theme park. The Nintendo Museum when that gets built. Yep. Yeah. Man, we need to go to Japan. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you want to contribute to our GoFundMe campaign, <laughs> the address <laughs> is. Okay. Um. Anyway, we'll move on from that, shall we? So. Uh, Okay, so um, shout out to uh, Bring Back Nick on uh, on X. They brought this to our attention. So um, they did, Ranker recently did, and by the way, this is a live, uh, you know, uh, top 100 that moves around constantly because people very know. They are currently doing the uh, Ranker's most hated annoying characters, and they did a hundred, they've got 100 characters in this list, and we basically say that uh, some uh, of the contributions to this list also include animated characters. So uh, we're going to go through what was on the list and uh, I want to I will basically be going to uh, you know uh, by the way I'm not calling it X I refuse to call it X it's Twitter yeah as far as I'm concerned. seriously we Elon Musk we need to talk uh, well might be talking for much longer if he's, if he's saying no no, no <laughs> we're going to talk to him he basically tells us to go fuck ourselves that's basically what he'll do <laughs> I guess uh, fair enough no, 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 yeah if that's what you're going to do advertise what do you think you say to you and me um, deal with it yeah yeah. Oh, he said he's talking to you, and then he's like, "You can't talk to my wife like that." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, anyway, uh, let's go through uh, some of the picks on this list and uh, see what we think of them. So, uh, shall right. we start from? Shall we go from ninety-five and then go all the way up to three? Sure. Because so, okay, so um, we're not going to do all one hundred because you know not all hundred are animated characters and they're not really like you know to our show. So we'll yeah. start with ninety-five. There's like you know a couple in this list, and we'll just tell you a point at which ones they are, and then you can discuss amongst yourselves what you think of them. So okay. Okay. Then so uh, number five ninety five is Wendy Testerberger from South Park. Yeah. Okay. Now I haven't seen South Park in a very very long time, and I know that Wendy gets more of a developing arc in some of the episodes. But the only thing that a lot of people would know about Wendy when they first saw South Park was that it's the girl that Stan had a crush on. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen South Park recently. Yeah, you know, like uh, they're doing like the special, called, you know, be, you know, uh, what's uh, you know, join the Pandaverse or something like that. And I just like look at that and think, nah, like you know, uh, I already know all the crap that currently goes on, like you know, within North already. I don't need to, you know, I don't need it as a South Park episode. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, isn't isn't it gonna life is starting to get so depressing that we don't want to see it parodied on South Park. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like, you know, it's just uh, I just saw the trailer for that. I just like, no thanks. Yeah, no yeah. thank you. Okay. I, I think I think we're good. Okay. Number 94 in this list is a Sasuke... I mean, and, and I'll, I'll pronounce the name yeah, because I know where it's from. It's Sasuke Uchiha from... Sasuke Uchiha. 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 Yeah, Sasuke Uchiha from Naruto. Okay. Okay, so... I don't know. I've not watched Naruto, so I've I don't know. Seen, I've seen Naruto, I've seen Naruto Shippuden, and I've seen Boruto. So, yeah, for those who don't know, Sasuke Uchiha is playing around with the typical trope that you see in a lot of anime. He is the main protagonist rival or rival. So yeah, basically uh, Sasuke has a really tragic backstory where, you know, he's this really gifted ninja and he was able to become a prodigy to everyone. And he belonged to a rare family called the Uchiha clan. And his clan was killed off by his older brother, Itachi. And he wants revenge on his older brother so that he can be able to avenge his family and so throughout the course of the series he has this really tough emo attitude and it is a stark contrast from naruto who is like the bubbly shonen protagonist who's kind of stupid but at the same time he works really hard so that he can be able to get on top 
And so throughout the course of the show, uh, Naruto and Sasuke had this sort of rivalry. And then later on, they slowly became best friends until a villain named Orochimaru shows up and sees Sasuke's potential as using him as a vessel um, to so he can be able to transfer his body over to his. So um, then, you know, he gives him the uh, lie saying, oh, I want to train you so that you can be strong enough to kill you off your brother. And so he leaves his village. And then there's this really interesting arc where Naruto and his friends go over to the sound village so that they can be able to retrieve him and they have this really epic fight in the valley of the end and um, then we cut into a few years later where in Naruto Shippuden you know Naruto lost and Sasuke eventually did go over to Orochimaru he gets a lot more stronger since then and he just has this really angry attitude towards wanting to get revenge on his brother and uh, then after a while, he finally did get a revenge, and now he wants to um, take over the Hidden Leaf Village and become their leader. And then after a while, Naruto and Sasuke fight again, and then they basically have a tie when both of their arms are punched out to the point of it being completely broken off and completely um, ripped off to the point in which there's nothing left. And then in Boruto, Sasuke has actually become a lot more mellow since then. And he's actually training Naruto-san Boruto. It's kind of like similar to how Gohan was trained by Piccolo, who was originally the rival of Goku in the original Dragon Ball. So I know a reason why a lot of people hate Sasuke is because he's such this emo kid who is just really angry all the time and he's the most popular character of the entire franchise. Masashi Kishimoto the creator of Naruto loves Sasuke so much that he put him in, in a lot of stories but the focus is on Naruto and so a lot of people just hate him because he's so popular yet at the, he's at the same time the angry emo kid. Is it deserved though? It depends. I do admit that Sasuke does get a little bit overused, especially compared to the other characters. Like, they didn't give really a lot of attention to, like, Sakura, who's also their other companion. Or even to the other... Uh, companions of Naruto, like what we got in the first series, like not a lot of uh, development with the others as well. I, I think that he, a little bit of overexposure, I think, is why a lot of people hated this character. Yeah. Number 68 in this list is Gazoo. Oh, the great Gazoo uh, from the Flintstones. Yeah. Oh, you dum-dums. Yeah, like, you know, he was like the original, like, oh, I'm just here, just basically just keep the series going. Yeah, that, that's the reason why this character was created in the first place. Very similar to another character we're going to be talking about a little later on, where the Flintstones was at its last legs and they needed a character so that they can be able to keep the series afloat and in comes this alien who sees these cavemen as just stupid and he basically talks to them saying oh you're just uh primitive and i know everything because i'm an alien yeah so, like uh, i mean he he ends up being like this just uh, you, you think that they will bring him in like to be kind of like this kind of like guardian angel character but in actual fact like you know he's just as he's just an annoying character yeah he just like, shows up every once in a while and he's tells like navi from legend of zelda <laughs> <laughs> yeah instead of hey listen it's oh you dum-dums yeah exactly like uh, he didn't he's always, like you know continuing on like you know plot points and uh, you know uh bringing in like you know magical elements into it i guess you could say like you know he just uh you know it, uh, you could definitely tell like the flintstones needed to end at some point and uh, you know bringing him in for like you know a season to kind of like, keep things going think he's interesting and he did he didn't if anything i think people soured on him pretty quickly yeah i mean now admittedly i do like his performance like his like dialect but yeah as a character himself he is kind of annoying exactly yeah 
So, okay, uh, okay, I'm going to leave this one to you. Number 67 is Dodie Bishop. From As Told by Ginger. Ginger. Yes, okay. I have seen so many people talking about how annoying this character is and how awful that she is as a friend to Ginger. Let's talk about the way, shall we? She does anything that she can do so she can become popular, even to the point of making her friends' lives miserable. Like the episode of Life's and Friends, where she gets the job of making the morning announcements. She decides that she's going to take advantage of that and use it to gossip and spread a whole bunch of things that people wanted to actually keep secret. And then there was the episode, you know, in that same episode when there's a huge lice epidemic, she decides, okay, I have this list of all the kids who have lice. I'm going to spread it around so I can become popular. Oh, and let's not forget about Wicked Game in which she works with the main bully of the show so she can break up the relationship between her best friend and her boyfriend. Oh, and then there's also the other episode in which she fakes breaking her leg so that she can be able to get sympathy to get join the cheerleading squad. Or the other episode in which she decides that she's not going to side with her other best friend so that uh, the, um, the music department can stay afloat because she wants to look good on the cheerleading squad because it's it's the football players who have the new uniforms. And just, re- and just remind everybody, this is a side character, not the antagonist of the show. No, it's not. The antagonist of the show is Miranda Kilgallen, and and she's her she's a piece of work on her own right. But at the same time, she's the villain. She's supposed to be that way. You know, very similar to Doctor Dave's mom. Very similar to Joanne Bishop, in which these are characters that you're supposed to hate because they're the antagonist. She's not an antagonist. She's the best friend of our main character. It's amazing that Courtney Grippling probably gets more love than... Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, trust me. If I had a nickel for every time I've seen the comment, Ginger should have left Dodie in favor of Courtney, I would be a millionaire. I'm not even joking. Uh, like, you know, it, it, dare I say, I mean, Courtney would have been an upgrade because I'm not talking about, like, you know, in friendship because there's story elements as well because, like, you know, uh, uh, it would have been interesting to see how, like, you know, you have Ginger who basically has, like, you know, basically a working class upbringing, basically. Like, you know, he, she's in a single mom family and, you know, with uh, other, you know, another sibling and, uh, you know, then you got Courtney who basically has never had to worry about anything in her life ever. Right. You know, and, like, and also, like, everybody around her just praises her, you know, constantly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, but uh, obviously, she you know, she has her own issues as well. Interesting to see, you know, Courtney and kind of Ginger kind of like you know um, work with each other, like you know, to walk it, work out their issues pretty much. Right. You know, of the, of the way things that they're going through while they're growing up. You know, I think that would be far better, you know, dynamic than introducing your character like Dodie in, into in, into all of this. But again, you've you've analyzed first all by Ginger far more than I ever have. So I mean, like uh, you can tell me different. Oh, so. oh, trust me. I mean, I I tend to agree, especially since Dodie has done some really really awful stuff and Courtney does develop into a great character but I I, I mean when I talked to Emily Kapnick years ago about this it's supposed to be a take on like everybody has that one friend that is kind of like this and eventually we grow out of it and you know I'm hoping that if we ever do get a revival of As Told by Ginger where we get to see the characters as adults like in that at last episode who knows maybe Dodie has mellowed out quite a lot and she's not the gossipy person who's willing to ruin people's lives just as so she can become popular I, I would- I think that maybe she did continue being that, and then also what we see in this uh, is going to be the consequences of her actions. Mm-hmm. Basically, like you know, like she's like, like I, you know, what she's done. Eventually, you know, you would think would have isolated her from a lot of people, and mm-hmm. like you know, uh, and so so maybe she probably likes lives like quite a lonely, lonely existence because nobody wants to go near her because she knows how much of a nuclear you know wa- you know uh, waste dump that she is in regards to like uh, how you know uh, toxic things can be around her. Maybe maybe that could be the consequence of what's happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Um, number 54 on this list is Luan Van Halten from The Simpsons. Really? Um, well, to be fair, I mean, like, you know, she did divorce, you know, um, you know, you know, also like Tokyo, Tokyo, you know, her husband for all he was worth pretty much. Okay. Okay. I, I, and then left him for a gladiator effectively. Okay. F- to be fair, I haven't seen The Simpsons in a while. So when you're telling me that it's like, okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, where she's, um, she, you know, um, she's basically, basically just, you know, uh, basically that and, uh, also as I'm aware, she doesn't treat Millhouse any better. You know that's awful. Yeah. So uh, um, number twenty-three in this list is Dora the Explorer. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So I can understand why Dora is considered to be annoying because she talks to the audience constantly. She makes a whole bunch of statements that is clearly obvious, and well, she talks to three-year-olds. <laughs> I know, that's the point. But a lot of people think that, you know, just because it's geared towards preschoolers, it shouldn't come across as condescending. Let me safely say this to everybody in the sound of my voice. If you are expecting to get some kind of, like, entertainment out of Dora the Explorer as a protagonist, you need a new show. Yep. Like, uh, and it's just, uh, I don't know, like, I, I get the feeling that's unfair. You know, she's like number 23 in this list. Yeah, I mean, there's one other preschool character that is on this list, but it's justified, especially with all the reviews that we've seen. You remember, we even did an entire dedicated topic on this on Aaron and Patricia. But, you know, like I would say about, you know, this other character is that, I mean, there's a justification, I mean, there's justification of why Dora the Explorer is so, I mean, she's there to talk to basically toddlers effectively like you know that's her that's her aim in all of this like she's not she's not a can you name a terrible thing that Dora Explorer has done in her show no other than just like trying to teach the audience Spanish and like trying to interact with the children saying hey where is this where is that can you do this I mean I can understand that it is a little bit annoying I mean as myself I'm not a huge Dora the Explorer fan either but then again I was in high school when the show came out, so I'm not the right example of, you know, the show catering to me. Except the movie. The movie's awesome. But would you believe I actually have a favorite Dora the Explorer episode? Really? What is it? It's the one. It's the soccer one. Like you know, you know, of course it's going to be the football one, isn't it? <laughs> it's one where like you know, it's like it's a whole map and like there's like a goal like at the end of it, and she's got the football and everyone else is like playing football with her, like you know, like, dribbling like you know, it's towards towards the net. Okay. It's like yeah, I was like yeah, good grief, like you know, I'm watching this. It's like you know, come on, Dora, <laughs> come on, lass, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I understand for some people on why they hate the character, but I mean, at number twenty three, when there's so many worse characters, you know, yeah. Again, I think that's unfair. Like, you know, if it was number ninety five, I would probably say, yeah, okay, then, or maybe like, you know, within like the fifties. But like, uh, you know, number twenty three, really? Yeah. Like, you know, go watch something else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, number twenty one is Scrappy Doo. Oh boy. Okay, so this is the other character from a Hanna Barbera series that was introduced because their show was dying out and they needed some fresh blood in there. Yeah, I mean, like, but do you think? though he gets extra hate because of like the scooby-doo movie like you know the one where no because he got that uh, he pretty much got that hate from the very beginning like when the when scooby-doo and scrappy-doo first came out you know sure you know he was like front and center and then after the 80s fred daphne and velma were no longer in the picture and it was scooby shaggy and scrappy and a lot of people felt that it really diminished from the gang that we got to see throughout the course of but the was that Scrappy's fault though because keep this in mind obviously the reason why those uh, characters didn't come back because you know obviously they couldn't get their voice actors anymore
anymore, you know, because of everything that was going on in that time. Right. So, you know, it was like, so, I mean, like, I mean, to be fair, they could have replaced Scrappy-Doo with another character. I'm not saying they couldn't have and done they, that. And, they, and, we all, and we had an equivalent, if you remember, in the early 70s, we had Scooby-Doo's cousin, Scooby-Dumb. Mm. And then there was also Flim-Flam, which was another character that was introduced in the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of debates about which is the worst Scooby-Doo sidekick has ever been introduced. I mean, like, because I don't really like the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. I mean, like, I like Vincent Price. I mean, like, you know, it, was, it, was, it made sense to have him in, you know, a Scooby-Doo show, in my opinion. But, I mean, unfortunately, he ended up in that one. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I would have made sense to be in the new Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, you know the one after that they, they, they had just, uh, it was... Um, uh, Scooby, uh, it was just Sco- Scooby. It was um, sh- sh- so Shaggy, Scooby, Scrappy. I think it was Div- Daphne. I think it was the other one as well. Yes, that was the other four. Yeah, yeah. That was the the new Scooby and Scrappy do show. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. If, if Vincent Price was in that, I think that would have worked. Sure, I think. But uh, it's just I think the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. I think was like you know a massive departure from like everything that they did. I which... mean, I really like the idea that it was supposed to be like a story driven Scooby Doo, where every episode you got to see them capture a ghost, and they never finished it because the show was canceled. And then they try well, can to you blame them. Like, well, you know, like... I, I don't blame them. And then they try to follow up with it like thirty years later. No, How that many was... episodes did the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo have? Like you know, when I heard the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. I thought it was going to be like literally 13 ghosts. Yeah, but then there was like a few episodes where they didn't capture ghosts at all. Oh, okay. Then. Yeah, they actually finished it up with that Scooby-Doo movie, if you remember, that came out a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so. th- that movie sucked. Oh, of course it did. It was 13 <laughs> Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yes, I can understand Scooby-Doo as, as, as 21, but uh, I don't know, like, I mean, yeah, of course he was hated, but I think the, the hate was amplified, I think, more when, uh, the, you know, that, that live-action movie came out, and basically, you know, they gave us no choice but to hate him. I, I think that was what, I think, I, from what I remember... Because remember, in- like, it, it, I think if, if this is canon now, you know, Scooby-Doo wanted to take over Mystery Inc. Yes. He wanted to run the whole thing himself, and then they, then they kicked him out of the group. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, he uh, basically kidnapped Rowan Atkinson, and then uh, created a robot of himself and uh, then you know obviously used the curse to like you know create himself into like a monster mm-hmm. you know to get revenge on which you know is kind of like really really terrible like it was just that was an awful twist yeah yeah I, I even heard a rumor from a long time ago saying that Tim Curry was originally supposed to be in that Scooby-Doo live action movie but when he heard that Scrappy-Doo was in there he walked away from the movie because he hated Scrappy-Doo I mean I think a lot of people would have walked away I think uh, look, at, look at what we all had left I mean, Rowan Atkinson, I think, was basically just there to get a paycheck, what we would imagine. But uh, no, yeah. it was it was it was simply that they wanted Tim Curry. They tried to get a Tim Curry equivalent. Yeah, exactly. Well, Rowan Atkinson. Well, I mean, I mean, like uh, Rowan Atkinson is not a Tim Curry. No, I mean, like, oh, let's just get a British actor. Yeah, well, I think, uh, well, he did it. So, yeah, like, he did it. Why he did it, I have no idea. Mm, I don't know either. Yeah, imagine if we ever asked him that, like, you know, like, hey, you remember that time you were in that Scooby-Doo movie? <laughs> that, that really awful character? Like, why did you do it? Yeah, that'd be a good question. I would love to ask him that. Yeah. Anyway, shall we tell everybody what number eight is? Oh, which uh, I think we can all agree is worse than Dora the Explorer. I, yep, I do agree. Justifiably so. Yep. Okay, number eight on this list is Caillou. Yeah. You know what? I just think that, uh, I mean, he is a really an awful influence. And uh, parents had, like, a, a massive nightmare trying to tell their kids, look, this is not how you're supposed to behave. Yes. And I remember all of the IMDb posts that we read during Aaron and Patricia, where it was saying, like, you know, Caillou is a spoiled brat, and Caillou yells, and Caillou um, fights to get what he wants, and Caillou is abusive to his sister, and, you know, all these 
genuinely awful things that preschoolers are watching and are getting influenced by. And Caillou became like the most hated character ever. And he also became like the subject of reactors who were just like watching clips of Caillou and getting angry about it. You know what? Do you think? Uh, do you think you're looking at his eyes? Do you think he grew up later on to become Mr. McGo? <laughs> Oh, I, I, a justified punishment. Yeah. So yeah, uh, be being put into a whole bunch of boring UPA cartoons. Here's the thing with Caillou. I don't remember him all that much. Like, I don't remember that much either. But then again, we were way too old when Caillou first. Is came he out. Canadian or something? Or it is, is Canadian. It is Canadian. Okay, then. which is interesting, really, because like this is the one show that you know, and the Canadian animation actually you know, during the eighties and nineties was to you know we had like the the raccoons, we had like uh, you know uh, I think also I think the Avenger penguins I think was also. So, you okay. know, I think uh, has, has some Canadian also influence as well. There was did, you, did you ever get the Donkey Kong animated series? We did, yes. And that's a Canadian show. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also, uh, well, the, the newest the newest version of is mentioned it had some little bit of Canadian influences, but it's mainly, uh, you know, uh, uh, British and Australian, mainly. Okay. But, uh, but uh, you know, like, uh, back in the 80s and 90s, there were some actually Canadian shows that actually did come out. I think, uh, I think Mono the Vampire, I think, was another one. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, was that. So, like, uh, there was... Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing that, you know, Caillou didn't get more of an international like you know uh, uh, release but apparently not so so uh, I think I realized how terrible this character is like there's no way we can get this guy over the Canadian border <laughs> right right yeah like uh I'd be interested to see what you know. Uh, you know what they should do. Like you know, they did like all like you know what happened if this character grew up and everything like that. I'm interested to see what happened if Caillou ever grew up to like you know be an adult. See what the hell happened to him. Oh jeez, he'll he's, be in prison. He's probably doing ten. Yeah, probably doing fifteen to life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. And then the last character on this list is Shao Tucker. Oh boy. Shao Tucker from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, he is a piece of work himself. He's very controversial because he's an alchemist. And as you guys know in the TV show, if you guys seen Full Metal Alchemist or if you've read the manga, that um, there's a term of alchemy so that you can be able to revise something or you can be able to uh, do a bunch of experiments so that you can get yourself powerful. It depends on how you want to use it. So uh, throughout the course of the show, there are these two brothers named Edward and um, Alphonse. And so... Um, um, Alphonse was at the point of being killed off and he needed to be uh, properly restored. And so um, Edward had sacrificed a lot of his body parts into metal so that he can be able to save his brother. And he, uh, throughout the course of the show, his brother is now this huge, like, uh, metal knight and so they're trying to go around and try to see if there's a possibility that he can be cured from using alchemy and so show tucker is really really controversial because he uses a lot of inhumane experiments so that he can be able to bring humanity out um from their metal state and he did so many awful sacrifices he even killed off his own daughter and a dog so that he can be able to keep his license so, yeah, this character was hated for of just like he looks so innocent in the beginning, like he was just a struggling alchemist who wants to be able to help out humanity. But he pulls off some really, really awful stuff to get there. Well, he's in it's also the audience like Dora the Explorer did. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. So this has been an interesting list. Show yeah. And, and here's the thing. This is a list that was posted last week. I have the ranker list and I'm going to give you the updated list. And some of the choices are still here. And some of the others have actually been removed entirely. So do you want me to look into this list and see what was kept and what was gone? So is Wendy now off the list? Pretty much. Wendy is officially off the list. So, yeah, she, yeah, she is no longer there. Well, I mean, we couldn't really make a good... Because we don't watch South Park in a while, so we couldn't really, like, you know, make a decision on well. Yeah, well, like like I was. said before, I mean, the last time that I saw oh, South Park that was... As well. Like, you know, last time I remember Wendy, like, being in a big episode of South Park, she actually, like, uh, you know, found out that, the, you know, the, uh, the boys list was corrupted. And if anything, she exposed it. So, like, you know, if anything, she's actually a really good character in that regard. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, again, I have not seen South Park in a very, very long time. So I cannot tell you about, you know, what I think of her as either an awful or annoying character. Anyway, so yeah, she's no longer on the list. So um, even though that's nothing to do with animation, but Baby from Dinosaurs is on this list at number Got 90. Baby. I'm the baby. Me. Gotta love me. Yeah. So he's on the list at number 97. So I know. I mean, he's a baby. I mean, like, of course, it's going to be like, you know, annoying at times. Yeah, I know. And, and he does have his smarky remarks and he does like, you know, hit everybody and he is very sarcastic as well. So I guess I and, it, you know, he also had that, you know, theme song of I'm the baby, gotta love me. So, yeah, I, I get that. So I was really surprised it wasn't like, you know, what was the boss character like, you know, was in that caravan that entire time, you know, yeah. Like, uh, Get in here now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about BP Richfield. Yeah, Richfield. Yeah, I thought, I thought he'd basically be the most you know, hated character, I would have thought. I mean, but then again, he's supposed to be a hated character. These are characters that are not supposed to be hated. Oh, okay, then. Okay. Um. Wait, wait, wait there was one person that we missed out on, number 48. We uh. didn't... We didn't mention Sheila, Sheila Brokowski. I was in South Park as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, to be fair, I mean, like, you know, she she did pretty much do the events of South Park: Big Little Long Run on Cut. Yes, so, like, she you know, did. South Park the movie. So, like, uh, you know, uh, I would expect it to be on that list anyway. So sure. That doesn't surprise me. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So I'm looking at the list. The Great Gazoo is now at number 83 on this list. Um, again, this has nothing to do with animation, but I want to bring it up. So, art. I think, I think, you know, obviously, you know, minds, you know, start to degrade over several decades. So, like, you know, I think the, I think the, because as we get introduced to more media and more, you know, awful characters start to kind of come out of that. I think, you know, I think, you know, characters like the group start to kind of start to fade out of the background. The fact that you made it into the top 100, I think, you know, is got to be notable, I think. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, you know, that. I would just say that younger generations didn't get an introduction of the great. Gazoo. The last time that he appeared was in that Viva Rock Vegas movie, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe that's what's keeping everyone's in consciousness. Maybe, actually, that's what maybe people might be referring to, maybe. That's probably fact, it. Yeah, Viva Rock Vegas. Yeah. Okay, number 80 on this list is Archie, for some reason. Uh, Archie? Archie. I mean, like, uh, to be honest with you, like, uh, if it's the Archie from the animated series, I don't think he's as well written, I think, as the one in the comics. Mm. So maybe that's what people are getting at. I don't know. I mean, it just says that Archie's on this list. And yeah, it, I mean, it just has the comic version of Archie. It doesn't have, like, the, the live... Oh. Oh, this look, maybe because Archie comics are still going, aren't they? Yes, they are. Maybe it was, maybe it's the more modern Archie. Maybe they're getting that. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe maybe they don't like the more modern Archie. Maybe the older Archie was probably what they were really into. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Archie fans, you know, hit us up, update us, and let us know what what's going on in the Archie world. Yeah, Dodie has actually gotten up on the list. She's now number fifty-six. Does that surprise you? <laughs> no. No. 
Of course not. So yeah, if anything, I think she deserves to be on that list regardless of where it is. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like I said before, she's done a lot of awful stuff, and it's justifiably so on why people are bringing her up. So, yeah. So anyway, we, we talked about, like, you know, where uh, uh, Carly doing, like, you know, where it's, uh, 15, to, it's 15 to life. I mean, where, where you think Dodie's probably, like, probably doing jail time at some point? In fact, um, she, she ended up being back to the police cruiser, if you remember, because they tried to rob a place, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but they, they tried to steal the enter sign, but that was Ginger, not Dodie. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, uh, Ginger was Ginger was the one who was told by Miranda that, hey, Courtney would love this as a birthday present, and Dodie was along with her. So, yeah, that was the reason why that they were arrested. Oh, okay, then. Okay, Dora has actually uh, degraded down to number 40 on this list. Okay. So, yeah, so for all the people who are complaining that Dora should have been higher, well, no. Scrappy-Doo has been down to number 33 this time. Okay. Again, you know, I guess it Are does... any other animated characters been entered into this list? I'm looking through it right now, and so far a lot of it is live action. There's Dawson from Dawson's Creek, Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. There's a lot of characters from The Sopranos and The Walking Dead in here. Well, they're not too surprising. No, no. I mean, of course not. I mean, zombie apocalypse movies and, like, you know, movies that usually incur a lot of bad people usually have terrible characters in them. Okay. Okay, so yeah, Caillou is at number nine this time, not at number eight, but again, you have- Push ha him up! Push him up! Okay, Show Tucker has been moved to number five this time, and uh, yeah, everybody else is Game of Thrones characters, so Who's yeah. number one at the moment? Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Okay, then. Yeah. I've not seen Game of Thrones, so I wouldn't know. I have not seen Game of Thrones either. Yeah, it's funny. Like, everyone, you know that you, everyone, you know that picture that I have, like, on, it like, used to be on my Facebook account, and it's me, like, you know, relaxing in the, oh, uh, the, in the Iron, Iron Throne. Throne. Yeah. Like, everyone looks at that now, and everyone thinks, like, I'm a massive uh, Game of Thrones fan, because, just because of that picture. Oh, it's yeah. Like, uh, the only reason I got that is because there was an opportunity for me just to sit on the Iron Throne, so I just, I just did it. Yeah. You know? I, it's very similar to the time in which I went to a convention, and I took a picture right in front of Doctor Who's phone box, and people thought that i was a doctor who fan and i'm like i've never seen an episode yeah she's like you know it's it's it's, it's nostalgia I'm yeah exactly like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, a pretty it's, cool iconography yeah yeah okay so that like, i was gonna see like you i took a picture of you with that suitcase before like i was gonna be looking at something you're like you're a fan of suitcases <laughs> like, when's your next review <laughs> yeah i uh, i'm gonna be reviewing the suitcase that has like 15 compartments and uh, whether you should take it to your next trip <laughs> yeah. do you think elon musk should make a suitcase <laughs> He probably did, and it's probably powered by imagination. It probably falls apart the minute you put it on the plane. <laughs> There's actually this uh, stream of videos that I've been watching recently where um, there's like, oh, you know, can this car jump over the Eiffel Tower or something like that? And they have like, um, you know, Suzuki's, they have like Ford Mustangs, they have Formula One cars. And then every time there's a Tesla car that comes in, it just like goes up into the air and then just falls down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen a bunch of memes like, you know, what would happen if Elon Musk took over this company? And uh, there's one way like he takes over McDonald's, and he just renames the, uh, the Big Mac Large Burger. <laughs> 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 that's something like an AI would do. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you so think that's probably, you think that's probably what what he is. Like you know, he's like a, you know, they all, they, there's these conspiracy theories about like, you know these body type and everything like that. Like you know, like uh, like the size of his chest and stuff like that. Do you think he's probably like you, know, just like you know, um, a computer, like you know, with a? Uh, do you think he's like an android? Yeah, you, maybe, you know, maybe he's like the personification of Big Brother, in which like we know what his we we know what he looks like, but he's not real. He's actually created by the government, and you know, he apparently created all this stuff, and eventually he's going to take over everything. We're joking, by the way. I know we're joking. Yeah, exactly, yeah, for, yeah, for those who are thinking we're like anyone who's taking this seriously, quite frankly, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
Again, that's a joke. Again, that's a joke, too. Okay, let's move on. Anyway, yeah, because we're going to change. Okay, so um, Jack Black and his Tenacious D band are going to be making the song for Kung Fu Panda 4. That uh, sounds yes. awesome. Yes, yes. If you want anybody telling the story of Kung Fu, of Poe, of the Dragon Warrior, you need it told by Jack Black and Tenacious D. Yes, I am all for this. I was hoping that we would get to see a Tenacious D performance in a Kung Fu Panda movie. But, you know, we got, like, others like CeeLo Green and stuff like that. But, you know, I I kind of was expecting it at some point. But when Kung Fu Panda 3 was out, I was like, okay, well, maybe they never did it. But then Kung Fu Panda 4, and it's like, "Mm, do you think maybe they'll do it? And it's like, yep, here it is. Okay. So, basically, well, just to clarify just a couple of things he said that. uh, 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 So, according to the Hollywood Reporter, when he was doing an interview with them, uh, they asked him if there was any more uh, music on the horizon for uh, Jack Black and his band Tenacious D. He basically said, we've been working out a couple of things. I've got a new Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda movie coming out next year. And if they asked, uh, we would uh, do a song for, uh, and they asked if we would do a song for the credits. So they have been asked by, you know, the producers of Kung Fu Panda 3 over DreamWorks to basically say, can you do the ending credits for, you know. Uh, I, I would yeah. love to see that. Interesting thing, like, you know, they're going to mix in, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Kung Fu, like, you know, songs, like, you know, maybe to, like, you know, uh, you know, into like you know a metal into a metal theme. I mean, they already. They, I mean, Cielo Green did a new version of Kung Fu Fighting, so I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do like a rock version of a classic Kung Fu song. Um, yeah, either that, like you know, uh, I mean, they could just basically just take you know some of the themes of Kung Fu Panzer and basically just like you know put some lyrics over it. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, yeah, for just, sure. Just do a metal version of the uh, the main theme song of Kung Fu oh, Panda. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, like uh, so. Uh, I mean, again, the the easiest thing they could do basically just do Kung Fu Kung Fu Fighting. You know, uh, again, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that also came out of Jack Black as well uh, is that uh, apparently School of Rock, or yeah, the School of Rock is turning twenty, and he did have a couple of comments for that. Yeah, so. I would say out of all the films that Richard Linkletter is known for, it's definitely School of Rock because we talked about um, a Scanner Darkly several months ago when we were doing Keanu Reeves Month, and yeah, he tends to be a kind of guy that leans more towards animation or uh, live action, and it's always different and. School of Rock is definitely one of the major Jack Black films of the 2000s. Yeah. So, um, according to uh, so Hollywood Report asked him, you know, it's the 20th anniversary of School of Rock. What comes to your mind when you think of that film? He said, uh, according to Jack Black, that was such a big moment for me. Uh, that movie put me about on the map uh, in a lot of ways. It remains my favorite experience of my career because it gave me a chance to do all the things that I do best with acting, with performing and writing music, and uh, p- working with my favorite writer, uh, Mike White, uh, who did such an incredible job uh, writing uh, in my voice um it's a clear very very rare and a very special film that that happen that happens uh, when working with uh, richard Linklater, the director all of the pl- planets aligned all in that one and uh, i've always felt it's uh, one of the that was one of the things that was that's going to be uh, my tombstone. <laughs> uh, I think I'm fine with that, uh, the guy from School of Rock. Yeah, so for those who don't know what School of Rock is, so Jack Black plays as this loser guy who is pretending to be the substitute teacher of a classroom and instead of well, like before that he was a um he was like a, an old rocker in like a, you know his band called No Vacancy and then they kick him out and uh, then uh, he basically says okay then well I'm going to join the uh, music compositions so basically you know take on these guys 
where he's wondering how he's going to do it. And then he enters the school, replaces, you know, uh, his friend as a subject who treats her, and then he realizes that some of these kids that are in his class are really good musicians. So then he gets the idea to turn them into a rock band and then go on basically to uh, challenge the no vacancy for the title, which they end up losing. Yeah. Would you believe? Yeah, it's like it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's very anticlimactic, isn't it? Yeah, like, you expect them like, to win. Yeah, it's, it's it's very similar to like Be Kind Rewind when we talked about that film, another movie with Jack Black in it, where you think that the the movie that they're doing is going to be able to save the video store and help the neighborhood out, but no, it ends up that they didn't, and they lose in the end. The video store gets shut down, and they decide to watch the movie that they were able to create as kind of like their own celebration of their hard work. Yeah, actually, if you remember. Right? You know, in the in the uh, the Rob, the Muppets movie that uh, you know when they went to try and save the theater, the Muppets theater, and Jack Black was in that too, and yep. then they ended up actually managing to save it in the end. Yeah, it's that's... like he's like you know you know when you're trying to save something, don't invite Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I I would just say that. So yeah, School of Rock has become pretty big. I mean, it had a series on Nickelodeon. Oh, there's another thing as well. Like you know, he was also the guy in uh, King Kong when King Kong falls off the skyscraper, and he says the last line. You know, it was Beauty that killed, killed the, the beast. beast. Yes. Yeah. Again, don't invite Jack Black if he's trying to save something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, so yeah, I would say that School of Rock was a pretty huge hit back in the 2000s. There was a, there was a TV series on it on Nickelodeon, and there was also the Broadway musical. So yeah, it's uh, for a movie that featured Jack Black, it transcended into much more than that. You know what? The um, do you remember there was one character? You know, her, her name goes out of her mind, but you know the the uh, the, the the character that uh, was the uh, the girlfriend of like uh, you know where uh, Jack Black's roommate in uh, in that in that movie. Like oh, okay. uh, apparently some people say that she's unfairly like you know uh, you know uh, you know treated in in the movie, or people have like a bad opinion of her because I mean like uh, they're saying oh well she may be mean, but at the same time like you know she wants to. The you know the, she wants you know Jack Black stuff like dragging him around and like you know making him do like stupid stuff mm-hmm. and everything like you know you know you smarten up and get a job and things like that and uh, it's like uh, but uh, you know at the same time like you know she shouldn't be treating him the way that she that she was right you know, like he had every right to walk out pretty much sure so, so I don't know that's just me yeah and um, there were various kids who were in that movie like Miranda Cosgrove who were able to get their start in that movie as well and um, I even heard that. Uh, two of the kids who were in that movie got married in real life. So, oh, well, you know, like, uh, it's been a good it's been an experience all around, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, funny enough, like, uh, you think a movie that's successful would have, like, uh, you know, mind you, is that going to be a, a, now that we're talking about it again, I mean, like, you know, is that going to be another movie we're going to see, like, you know, a, a sequel to 20 years down the line? Yes. Kind of like Chicken Run? Yes. Do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line we're going to get a School of Rock 2 where we're going to have, like, a huge reunion of all the kids again and there's probably going to be another competition or something, so... Yeah, like, because uh, yeah, the way it ended in the first movie is that, you know, Jack Black ended up, like, opening his own school of rock, pretty much, you know, where he had all the kids, like, you know, doing all the, all yeah. the music and stuff like that. So, like, uh, he had that going for yeah, him. Yeah, and, and they try to have a, sever- a series like that for Nickelodeon. Yeah, like, uh, interesting to see where, where that would be, like, you know, you know, 20 years down the line. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh... Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, Jack Black is still hot. I mean, he did really well in the Super Mario Brothers movie. He's still going to be hot. He's got Kung Fu Founder 4 coming soon. And uh, that is, it's funny, though. Like, you know, I don't know how to feel. Like, you know, he's now at the point where he's going to be searching for the next Dragon Warrior. 
So, like, you know, where now apparently Poe is going to be moving on to be, like, you know, an elder himself, and now we're, we're going to get still, like, you know, as I said before, we're going to get, like, a Creed situation where, you know, they're going to find the next Dragon Yeah, l- let's just hope guy. it works out better than Cars 3. Well, um, I have a feeling it will. Like, but what I'm interested to see is that if they're going to be introducing us to a new Dragon Warrior, who is that going to be? And is it going to be, because it's, it's going to have to be a couple of things. It's going to have to be a character that a lot of, like, you know, the audience can relate to. It's going to need to be a voice actor who, you know, if they need to call him up on, like, you know, bringing him into this, that, you know, he'll be up for taking the takes and also doing all the sequel movies on top of that as well. And, uh, I mean, either that, maybe that'll be it. Maybe that'll be the end of Kung Fu Panda and that'll be, like, the last, that'll be the last uh, movie. But uh, Unless uh, it makes a lot of money in the box office. And then oh, they make Kung Fu Panda 5. No, well, I don't think it'll be Kung Fu Panda 5. I think it'll be... Well, maybe it might be Kung Fu Panda 5. Maybe it may be, it might be a spin-off, maybe its own series of movies like oh, Creed okay. is. Okay, okay, okay. That's sure. how I would do it anyway. I'm not well, too sure. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. But okay. in the meanwhile, so happy 20th anniversary to School of Rock. Cool. Okay. And finally, while Luigi Creators has really have revealed that uh, there was going to be a Wario version of Peach. Yeah, so I heard this over 10 years ago on Did You Know Gaming, where they were talking about that during the, the production of Mario Tennis for the N64, that there was supposed to be a character that was supposed to be a rival to Peach, because Mario had Wario and Luigi had Waluigi. So the pre- person who created Waluigi was making a design for a peach rival called Warupichi or Wapich, whichever that you want to call it. And Miyamoto turned it down immediately saying, this is not a good idea. And that's how we got Daisy integrated into the Mario tennis games as, as a peach's rival. Yeah. So, um, interesting though is that so Polygon did a um article on this, and uh, apparently this was based on a lot of Instagram posts. But apparently these have now been removed. Yeah, but, but we've see. seen the pictures already. Yeah. So I mean, like, uh, well, to be honest with you, actually, I've actually not seen the 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 Wapich pictures. Oh, you, you haven't? Managed, no, I don't know if you managed to see them or not. I have seen them. Okay, then. So, uh, um, what do you what do you think? Well, I mean, I can pull it up right now because I wouldn't be surprised if people have actually saved the uh, the concept you know, art. I was actually saving this for. I do apologize, everybody. I was actually saving this for the show. There it is, right there. Oh, is that it? Yep, that's it, right there. Oh, on the Yahoo article. Yep. So that's it, right there. That's Wapich. That's that's her. Um, I mean, like, uh, she. I mean, again, this is like you know. Sp- um, this is like concept work. This basically. is concept art, yeah. So it's basically it's, it's developing work. I mean, like it's. Uh, um, I don't get it to be honest with you. Like, yeah, it's just... why, like why did Miyamoto say nope? Well, I can see why he said nope. I mean, like it doesn't look that interesting, really. Like, uh, if anything, it looks like a WarioWare character. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, it is, yeah. But uh, I mean, like, uh, but again, like you know, if they wanted to use, like you know. Uh, a, a Wario-esque character. I mean, like, you had the whole WarioWare crew to look... I mean, how long ago was this? I mean, remember 2004. this was... Remember, this was for, like, the Nintendo 64 era and the GameCube era. So, uh, the WarioWare games was for, like, what, the Game... The, the No, the Game Boy Advance or something? Um, WarioWare. I mean, when was that out? Um, Wario- yeah, 2003, right there. 2003. Well, yeah, so, like, you know, WarioWare would have been somewhat, you know... He's one of the WarioWare characters, I would have thought. Yeah, right. like, I would think so, too. Yeah, like, I don't know, it's just, uh, I look at it and just think, yeah, I can see why Mayamosa didn't want it, like, it just seems unnecessary. 
Yeah, especially since you already have Daisy. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, we don't uh, yeah. we don't need to have an evil version of Peach. Yeah, I just um, I mean you know Bowser I understood, but like I you don't know, I never got Bowser. I, I know I get Bowser, but I mean like uh, what well, Peach? No, okay. I, I don't I don't get it. All right, Sorry. Then. Yeah, so it's not necessarily a huge loss. I mean, when I, when I first heard it 10 years ago about like, oh, did you know that there was supposed to be a an evil version of Peach called Waru Peachy? And this was, what's, you know, you know what the concept of that was. And then Miyamoto said, no, I don't want that to be. And we were thinking like, what did the character look like? And now that we see it, it's like... Okay. It looks like they basically like you can you look at the um you know the spikes like you know on her like you know it looks like she's there's some influences of Bowser in there. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's like an early version of Bowser. Maybe when you, when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I I I don't think it should have. I I I agree with my emoto. This doesn't need to exist. All right then. Cool. All right then. Well, uh, this is the first episode that you and I have done together in a long while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think we both thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, goes the usual two hours yep. as we always do. Pretty okay. much. All right, everybody. So uh, this is going to be us basically for the next couple of episodes. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for like all the fun stuff that we're going to do. Oh, we got a lot of things to come. Yeah. Not only watching Wonka, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, Leo, but we also got a very special uh, Christmas mini series we're going to be co- tuning out to. Yeah. But until then, take care, everybody, and uh, we will see you soon. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. <laughs>